Yeah. No, not yet. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Part of the problem with American public transport is that it sucks. I am down to start with Morgan's letter. We should we should just keep her on the hook, waiting for the other. Every like drop. twenty minutes or so, just keep referring to like how we're gonna get to it. <laughs> in all seriousness, I want to have you in here so we can maybe talk through these things again face to face. Welcome to the salt of the streets Coming at you every week With this food for thought Hope you're ready to eat With everything going on in this nation We need some information And that's why salt need to be stationed in your rotation With real talk and real topics Real people, real problems Think we need some help to solve them And leave it up to Colin and the Donovan right, Cause that's the what, what's that? Up, oh, let's get ready and just like a red, white, and blue phoenix Rising from the ashes of political bipartisanship We are back to Salt of the Streets podcast. This is Saturday, February 23rd, 10.08 a.m. Happy birthday, baby. Happy birthday, Jordan. Don, what episode is this? Episode 50. <laughs> the Big Five Zero. And welcome back, everybody, to the Salt of the Streets podcast, your one and only source for social and political commentary on weekly news, pop culture, and sports, all completely built from the ground up for people like you and me, the everyday normal person. So come. Join us as we discuss life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness and continue our endless and tireless efforts to bridge the gap between people and information. As always, we are your hosts. My name is Colin. I am Donovan. And coming up on episode number five zero, we just have a big old grab bag show today. We went over a bunch of topics in the pre-show, so if you didn't get the pre-show, you can always check that out. I think we're going to drop that on the podcast feed again. That was a pretty, uh, that was a new thing we did last week, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. But a couple random topics that we may or may not hit through this giant grab bag. Venezuela, uh, we have some issues. Uh, Today's the the deadline for the... the Humanitarian aid? Yeah, humanitarian aid. I was like, financial aid, that's that's not quite it. That's more like school stuff. This is the last day I can sign up for school. Yeah. (laughs) Get your uh, your Fed loan now. You're... Your low interest ish rates that they'll give to anybody, and you can be in debt for the rest of your life and never be able to get out of them. Thank you, federal <laughs> government, for that. Um, but what else do we have? We have uh, Bernie Sanders announced he was coming out in the race. We yeah. have some talk about some Bob Mueller stuff. <laughs> the Green New Deal. Green New Deal is a big one. We got a. a yeah. Amazon. We might even. Amazon, yeah. yeah. Amazon, and you said in the pre-show, Amazon leaving Seattle? Oh, we talking about New I York? meant New York. Yeah, I, I said Seattle. I I'm really sorry for anybody that I misled during the pre-show, because I definitely meant New York. It's just 10 o'clock in the As morning. As of right now, Seattle is actually in a massive panic, burning the city down, because <laughs> you flubbed the line. <laughs> right now, we're safe. For now. We have, the, we have the water between us, so any Seattle craziness is still a slow trickle over here. Yes. But uh, yeah, I mean, we got we got so much stuff. I don't even want to say it all because I don't know what we're gonna get to and what we're not gonna get to. Um, but we have a nice big pop culture, uh, some newsy stories in pop culture. We even have some video game talk <laughs> planned. <laughs> Fuck, sorry. Don's gonna have a massive heart attack on camera. My heart skipped for a second. Yeah, see, at least when I passed out, it was just on audio. There was no camera at the time. <laughs> so if you go down now, it's gonna be. Forever enshrined in the cinematic universe known as the YouTube. Shit. That's right. So remember that. All right. I'll keep it together. 
So what? Uh, some of your topics that you were going to bring up, other than the Green New Deal, Amazon. Uh, yeah, we're going to talk about Morgan's letter because Morgan, yes. the, the ginger ninja, wrote us a letter this week. Wrote us an email um, about some things that we had said last week that she was not happy about. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. Um, we're going to talk, like you said, about Bernie Sanders, Kamala Harris a minute, and we're going to talk about why we are not going to address Democratic candidates yet. Yeah, or any candidates yet because it's far too early. Far too early. So we'll talk about that. Um, we're going to talk some big picture type of stuff, some stuff that you have on your mind, um, if you have any of that shit written down or so much. easily accessible. So we'll talk about that. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. We have some sports that we're going to go over. Um, we have some pop culture, some R. Kelly. Um, oh, yeah, Jesse of, Smollett. Yeah, a little bit of Jesse Smollett. Oh, um, yeah. There was a guy who tried to smuggle uh, a leopard cub. So we'll talk about that. Was it Mike Tyson? Um, <laughs> is, he no. trying, is he moving from tigers to leopards? That's the new thing is leopard cubs. Um, I mean, they are adorable. Yeah. So we're gonna, I don't blame anybody for that. So we're going to cover that. I have some NFL announcements. Talk about all that shit. Big news in the NFL this week. Yeah. Yeah, that'll be a fun uh, one. Yeah, so we'll talk about some of that. And then, uh, you know, some some NFL rumors. A little bit of Russell Wilson. A little bit of... Yeah. I've seen, <clears throat> some. You know, like Facebook-type rumors. But I never know what to, to think about those. You know, it's kind of like... Facebook is the ultimate, I'm good for now, conspiracy theorist. Because there's so much craziness that just comes across your feed. So much lies. And you just look at it and go, I don't know, well, it could be. I don't yeah. know. I'm not even going to bother to look into it because no, there's, I just don't care enough about that one. There's more bullshit on Facebook than there is on any other social media platform. Yeah. Like, at least on Twitter, it's easy to differentiate from what is sarcasm and what is um, real, you know? Yeah. And what is what is strictly satire, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's it's much easier to tell. Because people have a blue checkmark. You yeah. Know? Like, that's, I don't know, shit's just easier on Twitter. But on Facebook, people will lie about shit and try and make it seem like it's real. And uh, it's weird. Facebook is a weird, a weird disturbing. Beast. Yeah. I don't not, I'm not a huge fan. No. This coming right on the backs of us recording on Facebook Live. Facebook Live. <laughs> you got to do what you got to do. That's right. So we'll we'll save there. the the massive shit talking on Facebook to the to the podcast which they don't get to hear. <laughs> uh, so do you want to maybe I mean do you want to start off with anything or just jump right into the uh I think we might want to jump off with the email from the Ginger Ninja. Deal. Deal. I am down to start with Morgan's letter because um, I'm sure that if we don't, she's just going to be sitting here listening to the whole episode. Just we like, should we I'm should just keep her on the hook, waiting for the other every like drop. twenty minutes or so. Just keep referring to like how we're gonna get to it, <laughs> and then we'll get into all of a sudden you'll be like sports, <laughs> and she'll be like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> That's really funny. <laughs> Oh uh, um, no. No, we'll be nice. We'll talk about your letter first. So let me go ahead and pull this up. Do you want to talk about your section first or do you want me to go first? I mean, I'll go first. Okay. Man, the show dog's barking in the background. I got the door open because it's colder than, you know, uh, a well dicker's kerblotten yeah. in uh, in the a studio. Well dicker's kerblotten. Don't ask me. That's from Family Guy, I think. <laughs> <laughs> so I got the fireplace going in the other room. Where the dogs are, and so they they might be barking every now and again. So They're I apologize right. in advance. Yeah, but uh, but yeah. So talking about my part first. Yep, yep. Um, so this is all in reference to the conversation we had last week on the episode for State the, of the around Union. the State of the Union. Yeah, yeah. and you know we uh, yeah we'll we'll just let the the kind of the the message speak for itself. You want me to read you this section? 
Uh, just yeah, I mean, you give me broad strokes if you want, um, depending on. I got, know, I, got I got her permission this morning to read uh, okay. the email. That's what I was just like. thinking about. I was like, ah, I don't know. Yeah, she, nope. Okay. I asked this morning, and she gave us permission to read the email because I did. I wanted to because she's a baller. Sure, she's a baller. <clears throat> okay, so I'll read this, and you can tell me to stop whenever you want, and then you can speak on that point, and then I'll move on, and we can very well. How do you feel about that? So Let's do it. Okay, so this is uh, an email they were received from the Ginger Ninja on the 20th. Thank you, Morgan. And none of this is ever to disparage Morgan this, because if she was here, if she was able to be here, we asked her to be here, and it just didn't work out this morning. But this is one we were going to talk about because we wanted to address mm-hmm. it early. Um, and this is something that we're willing to do for anybody who has any type of issue with us. If you want to come Absolutely. and talk about it, you're more than welcome. If not, you can write us an email, and we'll address it. We'll just read it, and like we can even just reply to you privately if you want, if you don't want us to talk about it on the show. Yeah. We're willing to address any grievance or any anything like that, privately or publicly. So at least I am. I don't want to speak for you. No, no, no. no. It's, that's kind of like our thing. That's yeah. what we want you guys to do. Yes. So, <clears throat> so here we go. First was when Colin said that, well, okay, so first off, you guys both know I love the hell out of you. Also, I know that you had no ill intent with anything you said on the show. These were two particular instances that got my blood boiling. She's bubbling. Okay, first was when Colin said the women of Congress were being petty during the State of the Union. I think what is important to note here is all the shit women have constantly had to take since Trump became president. His entire campaign was based off of the division of people. Okay, pause button. Words. I have to pause there okay. because we're starting to get off track. This is to address the actual issue, essentially, is is the me calling out of the women on you know, in in the State of the Union. You know, they, I, I think I referred to them, gave them a hard time for wearing their suffrage white. Yeah. And well, <laughs> I and I've had this actually since Morgan emailed me and you this this thing. I've been talking to a lot of people about it. And I can understand how if you're not looking at the State of the Union in a certain light, and I think we mentioned that last week, how when I watch this thing, I'm watching it uh, for the the political game mm-hmm. that's going on, not even so much as the substance. Um, so by spinning off into Trump's presidency automatically, this, that, and the other thing, we're getting into complete and completely different topic and area of conversation i feel it's a different argument to to have because i would not disagree with anybody that says that trump's presidency and the lead up to and all the the terrible rhetoric i think it really really kicked off after the you know the the locker room talk conversation with on Mm -hmm. the bus and that whole thing and uh but for me, referring to some of the women in Congress as being petty during the State of the Union, um, I guess you would probably say that over the, at the whole, I don't necessarily approve of a, a protest showing to the State of the Union. Because for me, it sends the wrong message to, of unprofessionalism, maybe. I don't know. I just I don't like it when when real life politics gets completely caught up in the the social culture war. Mm-hmm. You know, that's where we play out the culture war in legislation, in government. And I just I don't like to see, you know, the the social hot button issues playing out 
as they should in society on a governmental level during an official state of the union. Yeah. I mean, that's part of it, but, uh, you know, it's when people sit there and, you know, the big conversations are who applauds at what, who doesn't applaud at what, and it's all just nonsense, nonsensical behavior, um, just trying to be, I mean, you're playing a, you know, it's a petty game to me. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think it's just because you are in such opposition to this particular president doesn't mean that you can't applaud when something uh, that's good about the country is being said at a state of the union. You should be able to applaud that, not just because you're so opposed to him that you won't applaud to anything other than, you know, the the one or two things that they did applaud for. Right. You know, and it was usually something that specifically was kind of pointed at them. And I think that part of her point is um is that it was said specifically about about women, you know, because I know that that mm-hmm. was part of her deal with me and we'll get to that later. Um but I would I would tend to agree, right? And and would preemptively defend you in saying that those type of things where you're saying that like they that they were being petty that type of stuff is said more generally towards the women of congress because the men of congress don't do shit like that as often you know yeah. they are more apt to like you said show up and just applaud and do their thing and then leave you know because yeah. because all you, all you got to do is show up you know like it's it's like going to class you know you don't have to go to class in college yeah you show up and you fucking do whatever and then you leave you know yeah like it and I mean, even if you don't agree with you even being there in the first place, mm-hmm. but if you do, you know, and now you're part of this, you know, because we've gotten so factional or facts, yeah. factional. Yeah. Um, you know, tribal. Right. Another word for it is that these little groups and these little cliques come up. And now, at least on the political level, like you have to be a part of that if you're going to play that side of the table, mm-hmm. you know, and don't get me wrong, the... The Republicans on the other side of the room were being just as petty, yeah, but in a different way. And it's just when you make a statement like that to protest something on a on an official level like that, I guess it just the whole thing rubs me the wrong way. Which is why I'm not really a fan of the State of Union to begin with. You know, I mean, you hear it from people like Shapiro, and I'm probably just pulling the his points out of it, but it it's monarchical in a way. I mean, it's. And it feeds to another problem I think I have with a lot of our politics these days, which we'll talk about later on when we talk about some of the existential stuff. Mm-hmm. But it's it's all a big problem. And maybe I was calling out the suffragettes because they were trying to stand out. Mm-hmm. Perhaps. You know, nothing against them other than the fact that I just don't like the game that's being played when they should be more professional. Same problem I had with Trump all the time. Yeah. You know, don't go off script. You're an idiot. Stay on script so you can almost sound professional. (laughs) But, you know, almost. Okay. But anyways, uh, I think we should at least finish reading through that just so I don't skip anything. Uh, So his entire campaign was based off the division of people, women being one of those groups. Women have worked tirelessly throughout history to be viewed as equal when the men... When the man elected to represent our entire country, not just one population of the country, continues to bash and shame women 
Unfortunately, there isn't a whole lot of respect left to be had. Yes, you can argue that he is our president and regardless of his actions, deserves some form of respect. As a woman, however, I have felt attacked by the president and don't believe he has earned or has the right to my respect. I cannot speak for the women of Congress and I do not know their personal histories, but I do know that no one enjoys being disrespected, mocked, and called horrific names. As a woman who has faced verbal, physical, and emotional abuse from a man, there is no part of me that agrees with any form of human bashing. I would also like to point out that even though these women also these women only clapped during specific times, they still showed up. They still took the time to hear him out. They made a point to represent the badass women in our country. For that, I am eternally grateful to them and proud of their strength and resilience. I cannot even begin to fathom the abuse they go through on a daily basis simply because they are female politicians. And that is a, overall, that's a, you're not necessarily in the complete wrong to think that way. But I think that is looking, again, at a, you know, a a political thing from a social level. You're looking at the congressional body as a whole through an intersectional lens. You're breaking down people into groups and you're, you're specifically you know, focusing on this group because they're more oppressed in politics than the other group. And, you know, and I don't know, I don't think anybody would truly know if there's any real amount of harassment and stuff that goes on just because the, the nature of the, the walls of Congress are, or the halls of Congress is, it's pretty secretive Mm -hmm. and it's always a very public facade on the outside. So who knows what's going on in the back rooms. And, you know, some of these people are pretty, Old school, we'll say. They've been, you you know, they read with, you know, 145 size font during their congressional hearings. So I wouldn't be surprised to hear that there was, you know, some fuckery going on. Can I ask you, do you think that it is divisive to begin to identify particular groups within Congress after the point that they're all there as a body? Well, I mean, if you were going to do that, Instead, I would say like, to not do just it, caucuses and stuff. But that's like, what I would say. You would you would do it on a on an official basis. Yeah, um, you would recognize the caucus there, and there's a million different caucuses that make up their own tribalism, anyways. Yeah, you know, there's there's little intersectional groups that are caucuses themselves. Right, and actually, I think. I wouldn't be surprised because, you know, you, did you notice Macy, Macy Hirono mm-hmm. was not in suffrage white. I think this was all the new elected freshmen in Congress that were coming in that were um, wearing that. Um, and so I don't know. Yeah, the two might coincide. Because sure. I feel um, <clears throat> not just in Congress, but kind of in general in the country, right? It's. I feel that it can be divisive to begin to, not to begin to, but to look at things in different groups like that. Like when, when you're talking about the good of everybody as a whole, but then talking about individual groups within that, that's divisive. That in itself starts to take away from people working together as a whole, right? It is. And so I don't, I think that it's something that you can, Kind of like you said, like note socially, you know, that, well, Mm -hmm. it's really interesting, you know, that there are so many old white men that are in the Republican Party, you know, Mm -hmm. that are representatives or senators in the Republican Party. And it's interesting socially that 
the Democratic Party is so diverse racially and ethnically and, you know, sexual orientation wise and all the whatever. Right. Interesting socially. But as it pertains to their ability to be lawmakers, as by the argument of everybody who is a lawmaker or who not even by the argument of anybody who is working on any type of social justice, that everybody is Mm -hmm. the same, then it shouldn't matter. You know, and I don't understand now that I don't understand, it's frustrating to me sometimes to listen to people identify different groups like that and talk about it because it shouldn't matter. No, it At shouldn't. this point, if if you're all senators and everybody's a congressman, then it shouldn't matter. You know, and We're I bigger don't, than I, that. Do, I don't. But I will say that there is it's a double edged sword because for whatever reason, statistics are what they are. And we do have, you know, in reality, pockets of different tribes mm-hmm. you know it depending on how you do the calculus to form whatever makes up a tribe but to completely overlook that is definitely not the right thing to do but it shouldn't be the focus almost or or if you're going to focus on it you don't want to focus on the statistics themselves yeah because you ultimately want to find out why it is mm-hmm. that way and if it's a bad thing that it is that way, and then try to figure out how to not make it that way, how to fix that problem. But if you're looking solely for like an equality of outcome where the numbers are what they are and we know that's wrong, so we just have to stop it and make everything completely equal. Yeah. That's not the right answer because sometimes, you know, we've talked about this a million times before, but everybody's different. Every human being is different for whatever reason you know male and females do different things because we're not the same and even amongst the genders there's you know different you know not all women do those things and you know we're all people we all do a million different things and so who knows what the reasoning is behind that so blindly just leveling the playing field seems illogical yeah and so but at the same time you you still want to be able to look at them and it's almost like it's a failure of, I don't know what the word would be, but you're you're failing to be able to look at something logical and you let those differences, those little groups, the numbers, you let them affect you emotionally. Mm-hmm. And that's why people get so passionate about it. And that's why we've seen this massive rise in, in tribalism. you know. And then once you focus on that angle of it, it gets more and more people ang- you know, angry. Yeah. And then it just spreads like wildfire. Next thing you know, you have intersectional politics playing out every single day because it's all we ever talk about as a society now. But it's it's almost it's that slippery slope thing. You need to recognize them at some point, but you can't get carried away with it. You can't go off the deep end. Right. But so I guess that's a very long winded answer to whatever. <clears throat> question that was being asked <laughs> i kind of forgot what the question was that's all right something about oh looking at the uh looking at congress as divisive as divisive by talking about even bringing that up the different social groups not the yeah. like the caucuses and the individual yeah. like the different committees and stuff like that like that's almost in a way like a, a church and state rule but for like Political level only, official business and and non official. Right at this point, you're a senator. It doesn't yeah. matter to me. And it, I don't. I, I don't know. It shouldn't matter. Like, I don't. You're, know. you're bigger than yourself at that point because you need to recognize your entire 
represent, you know, your representative area. Like, it's, to me, it seems contradictory. Like, okay, so, so I watched a documentary when I was home for three weeks, um, like a, a History Channel documentary that was about the Tuskegee Airmen, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I'm sitting there and I'm watching it, and there's a couple of Tuskegee Airmen that are being interviewed for this show, and they're like, oh, yeah, we were, you know, in the first class of, like, all African Americans that were able to be trained as pilots. And yeah. when we got in there, we were jazzed that they didn't change any of the flight requirements or anything that we had to learn how to do to fly, you know, because mm-hmm. that meant that if we did it, then we really weren't any different, you know, that we were exactly the same. And once we were up there, it didn't matter. We we're just pilots. Yep. So where's the change in fucking attitude? You know, that like at that point, we are happy that, that all you're asking for is for everything to be the same, because that's what we're trying to prove is that things are the same, you mm-hmm. know, but now we're trying to prove that you things don't aren't the same. same. It's not the same. We have more to offer than you do because we have been put down for so long. You know, yeah. it, it carries not even an implication, a straight out saying that we have less to offer as white males because of we fucking benefit from some white privilege that I would argue to the time that I fucking die. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, not that then, not that it exists, but that I benefited just because I am a white man. You know, yeah. like that's that's the oppression hierarchy. I don't thing get it. it. Like, when did that shift change from just wanting, like we said, the equality of opportunity? Just give me the opportunity to be there and meet the same requirements. I don't want that now. I want more than what you have because your dad had more than my dad had. Theoretically, you know, statistically, yeah. because of the color of your skin, that's probably what happened. Like, what the fuck? This reminds that's me of did- when people say, man, such first world problems. I don't. Is, is, is it to the point that because you think about back then, you know, the greatest generation. Yes, there was there was a hell of a lot more real hardcore racism problems back then. Yes. But. People being lynched and murdered for real, not for fake, because they made some shit up in the streets. You know what I'm saying? Because they're trying to get more money on their fucking TV shows. Jesse Smollett. Like, people really getting lynched and murdered and shit, and they're like, no, I just want to fly. I'm just trying to fly. Exactly. And then once you... you, It's almost like the military is that great leveling field. Because the way the military works is to say, become a pilot. You have to meet all of these requirements, and there's a lot of them. Other than that, we don't care because you are now qualified to do that. Can you and do these things? Awesome. Exactly. That's the the military is like the most indiscriminate. Oh God! Now now Morgan's going to yell at me for the the trans ban and gays in the military and stuff. Yeah, which I know. Again, we have problems with, and that doesn't but, have anything to do. We could argue that yeah. too because that has nothing to do with the military itself. That has to do with the commander in chief that exists right now. Because mm-hmm. all the generals, all the anybody from the military or even from the Department of Defense that are in Trump's administration have said that there's no reason to be doing that. No, you know so what I'm we saying? we didn't so, know we had a problem. Yeah, that has nothing to do with the military. That has to do with the administration. It's an emergency. We don't need to do it, and but it is still an emergency. And that's why last week I was listening to Ben Shapiro, and I don't remember what episode it was but it was from last week and he was talking about how trump was like a super gay friendly friendly president and he said something he said he's a really friendly he's extremely friendly to the lgbt community and then had to step back but didn't say like oh wait let me correct myself he said well at least to like you know the lgb community 
LGB. Because he knows that that's true. That you can't even argue that he's a friend to the trans community when he is trying to kick people out of the military because because they're transsexual. And yeah, you obviously like, can't. You cannot make that argument even in the slightest. You no, know? It, it used to, before that happened. You used Prior to be able to, to say that, that because yes. he was the first president to openly run in support of gay marriage and all yes. that stuff. And, you know, nobody's done that before yes they've switched throughout their presidency and you could still argue that he's for the gays but you could not argue that he's totally in favor of equality for trans people because he doesn't want them to be in the military you know what i'm saying yeah you can argue that yes but before we get too much off topic yes um, you want to move on to your section yes sir um i feel like i don't feel too that feels like it to me it pertains to yeah definitely um, this this this, whole thing so these kind of were separated, obviously, one towards Colin and one towards me. Mm-hmm. So, uh, second, when Don was talking about Cortez and the Green New Deal, he said that she should not be trying to make such big moves so early in the game. Why the hell not? One of the biggest problems I have with Congress is the fact there isn't enough being done. Sure, she's young and she's new, but damn, let's appreciate her initiative and her willingness to make a strong impact. I don't know all the details of the Green New Deal, and I can't say if I completely agree with it. However, at least someone has taken steps to address climate change while the president continues to make it as make it market it as fake news also how incredible is it that a woman has not only crafted and developed this deal but also won her seat with amazing numbers okay so she is one of numerous co-authors on Mm -hmm. this piece of legislation um if you want to call resolution there you go binding resolution She's one of numerous ones. She did not craft it by herself. There is several people on this, one of which is a senator who... She's like one of the main sponsors of it. Yes. There's usually two that come out for everyone. Yes. Um, but there, I'm. my point is just that she is not the only one who crafted this. And we cannot even attest to how much of it she wrote and i'm not trying to argue that she only wrote five percent of it but i am not willing to market it as something that she wrote when she's just one of the main sponsors okay you know what i'm saying yeah like i do have something to to say to that though just to keep in mind that for whatever reason she is even though she may not have let's say just for the sake of argument she wrote 10 percent yeah she is still the main pusher and mouthpiece Mm -hmm. and face Fresh, fresh face. Thank you, Ben Shapiro. <laughs> I hate that this. so much when he does that, but it gets stuck in my head. Yeah. But she is the face of the Green New Deal. Yeah. For whatever reason, she is the champion. And so, regardless of what's in it or how it's written or who wrote it, she's still ultimately going to be the one that the burden gets laid upon to, to, to present the burden of proof mm-hmm. because that's her pet bill, just even in the public, whether statistically or not it truly is so that's why we generally would would focus the green new deal with aoc yes um also i would have to i forgot to look up her numbers because i Mm -hmm. meant to do that but i'm which numbers are you talking about her winning numbers because i believe that's what morgan is referencing oh Um, like her also won her seat with amazing numbers and i don't know that that is no, I do remember, I don't know the numbers, but I remember the, the general situation was, you know, you had a an incumbent that had been there for yes. like over a decade, you know, completely out of touch with the people of the Bronx, this, that, and the other thing. So there was a, there was extremely low voter, turn, 
voter turnout. Right. And so she was able to just, she was able to do what, um, so that's what I'm what thinking was of that guy that was running as number? the libertarian for president. You remember him? He was on um, Joe Rogan and shit. We talked about him in some episode. Fucking um, Gary. Uh, yeah. Something, but it doesn't really matter. It's Gary just something. Yeah. You had a, this activist almost figure that was able to pull a decent amount of vote towards himself even though you're in the the single digit percentile, but that's still in the grand scream of voting matters. Mm-hmm. So when you get somebody like AOC that comes out as such a an activist and gets the, you know the the mob populi going, you know gets the the popular opinion on the street and she's up on her soapbox and she's getting the people activated, that can recharge voter turnout, which it did in this case, which ultimately put the numbers her way in a in a pretty significant mm-hmm. landslide victory if i remember i don't remember the exact numbers yeah but it was just because you had somebody that wasn't there and then somebody that was right and ultimately that's why i think she got that the turnout she did percentage wise yeah um, but yeah as far as true popular you know for the whole district i don't know but we'll have to look at the numbers. She said, let's celebrate her initiative and the fact that there are so many women working in Congress now. It's disgusting to me how women continue to be told to wait it out, wait their turn, and sit down. Why aren't men told this? So I didn't say you're a woman, sit you're a woman, sit the fuck down. I didn't say anything like that. And my point wasn't because she's a woman, she should sit down. I even said specifically it's because she hasn't been there for so long. Because she's a and freshman. I, yeah, it's because it's because that's not how this works, because as historically, that's not how this works. And I understand that's part of her jam is to, like, come in and shake it up and do something new. But I don't feel like that's how it works. I feel yeah. like you need to sit down and earn your place. And when she was being argued, well, not, not being argued, when she's being. Let me think of the right word. Um, you got it. When she's being wined and dined by Nancy Pelosi, right? Yes. She's like, I'll vote for you if you put me on this committee. Yeah. You know? And I just... She knew how to play hardball. I just... And I I don't... <clears throat> At least... I would feel committee. that way if she was a man, too. Like, and yeah. I don't... I don't appreciate the implication that that's what I said. Because that's not what I said. And I didn't say anything like that. And I would say the same thing if she was a man. Because I don't think... That that's how it works. I and don't I, think you should come in and try and throw your dick around, your vagina around, whatever you want to call it. Like, I don't think that's how this works. And see, I don't even know if I would necessarily agree with you on that front. But I would say that the I think what happened here, the misunderstanding is essentially when you said you were concerned with her being essentially it's almost like a, a stay in the lane because you are a young freshman congressman you need to that's that's not what young congressmen do which is what you were saying and that was interpolated as but as a woman of congress she's being attacked now and stopped on that it seemed to be kind of a an intersectional cross there where you were speaking as her place as a congresswoman and a freshman, a freshman congresswoman, um, con- heavy on the Congress, not the woman part. Yes. That's what I'm talking because about. Because my, my issue also was with the, the size of the legislation, right? Like I'm not saying that you should sit down and, and just vote on things for, you know, for yeah, your yeah. first term. Like that's not what I'm saying, but I'm saying that it's, 
it's very unnormal. I will say that. And I don't I don't think that's how it should be done. You okay. know, regardless of whether you're a man or a woman or what your race is or who you want to fuck when you get home. I don't mm-hmm. think that, that that doesn't matter to me because that's not what I'm talking about when exactly. I'm talking about somebody who just has been there for a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about that. I don't think that you should be in there trying to. Sweeping legislation, I think, was the, the term you used. Yes, trying and to almost like an, to impose something yeah. that is going to absolutely turn over the American economy when you have been there for about ten seconds. Yeah, when and you're I there and know. you've run on social issues yeah. and you've been called out several times for really kind of not knowing what the fuck you're talking about, and now you're here and you're trying to change the entire country because, well, you know, I won my fucking district. You don't. That's sick, dude. You're one of you're one of over 400 people in a house of representatives. Sit the fuck down. I don't. And I'll use those same terms. I don't care if you're a man or a woman. Sit the fuck down. So if let me put it to you this way, if that was to happen and let's say this Green New Deal was a brilliant piece of legislation that you thought would be. Yes, we should definitely do this. This is going to turn everything around. This is a brilliant idea. Would that be different in your mind? No, because I do think there are great pieces about this part of the of the Green New Deal. And we'll mm-hmm. talk about that when we talk about it. I think there are fucking awesome parts of the Green New Deal, you know, that I am totally in favor of. But I just... I'm interested. I can't wait to talk about that. I don't know. And I'm not saying that she shouldn't, like, have her name on it. I don't know. So I just I th- don't. What I think is, I think there is a completely different conversation to be had there with just how Congress should work. Yes. You know, and there, that is a completely separate argument from, you know, whether or not, like you said, who cares if it came from a man or a woman or whoever. That's not what we're talking about here. We, Because I think, generally speaking, me and you, we never look at an issue based off of intersectional sun goggles. No, so you know, We never do that because it doesn't make sense to do that. So this is it. I just figured out. I don't want to interrupt you, but I just figured out and I don't want to lose it, right? Mm-hmm. My problem is that shit happens. She's young. She put the legislation out. If people are going to do it, they're going to do it, right? I'm not going to not... If I was a representative, I'm not going to not vote for it just because she's young. I'm going to say yeah. that's highly irregular. It's I'm not really now. comfortable with it. You know, the deed is done. My problem is that when people are saying they're not in favor of it, it's being made out because she's a woman, because of all these things that I don't feel like are the case. I feel like people's problem with it a lot of the time, either with it on its face, that they don't agree with it factually or based on the numbers or on their opinion, right, that yeah. they don't agree with it. Or even idealistic it. grounds. I think that there are a lot of people who are in Congress that have been there, Derek Kilmer, that has been there for that long, that's trying to get some shit done for the people in his district and are getting fucked over all the time, that they can't get legislation on the floor, they can't get shit done, you know? We got some and she's in pop, here and she's like, oh, people out. people aren't don't want to do it because I'm, you know, because I'm a woman. Yeah. Derek Kilmer's saying, fuck you. What do you mean people don't want to do it because you're a woman? Because I'm sitting here and I'm trying to get shit done that's going to benefit people in my district because that's why I'm here. You know? Yeah. That's, so, I don't like that. I don't like, like you said, the bringing in of the social structures to our government because it doesn't, those two things should have nothing to do with each no. other. The culture war and the political fight. Political fight's never going to go away. If she but did the culture win, war doesn't need to be brought up to the level of politics. If it's true, and I, I don't, I don't know, right? So if it's true that she did win her district in such a sweeping election, right? Regardless of 
vote her turn on what the fuck ever, right? If yep. she did, then that's awesome because that means that she's representative of her district. Yeah. At that point, it doesn't fucking matter. Nope. I don't, it doesn't matter to she's me. Already it shouldn't there. matter to anybody else. Yep. It, like none of that matters. So why is that being made out to be the point that that's why people aren't cool with it? You know, it's because that's not the deal. It's because there are people who don't think that it works because it's highly disputed across scientific fucking platforms everywhere, whether <laughs> everywhere. or not that it's even technologically feasible. What the fuck? And on top of that, right, it's not that she's a woman that's being told to sit down because Nancy Pelosi is the one that said they weren't going to vote on it. She yeah. said, I, I do. I applaud your enthusiasm. We're not going to vote on that. You know what I'm saying? Yep. And I don't I don't get it. Like, so I, I don't understand how how that can even be said when if there aren't a, a sweeping group of men that are telling her to shut the fuck up. It's Nancy Pelosi that said, we're not going to bring that to vote in the House. Oh, yeah. We're not doing that. Her and Nancy are not uh, like so, this. They're not homies. Like this, I don't feel like this has anything to do with her being a woman. And I don't appreciate it being made out to be that way. No. You know, because not only because that's not what I said, but because I don't feel like that's what's really going on here. No. You know? And again, I just think this is a, this is, this is an argument based off of intersectional not you know uh logic which there is no logic to intersectionality whatsoever you know we look at things objectively and so when you see a young fresh freshman congressional leader who has been in there for five minutes you are entirely in your right to be incredibly skeptical of what she's putting forth yeah especially when you read the text of it and you know what the bill is you can judge the bill and you can judge her as a political thinker for coming up with those ideas because she is the face of it. Yeah. So the whole thing ties together. And so I think with that being said, that kind of almost, you know, you're addressing the context of what you were saying and your side of the argument by by really pushing the context to what you were saying. I yes. think that I think you made that very well. Because I wish I, she was here to to be here for these conversations, because all we can do is try to clarify our context, right? And stuff and, like that, right? So I want to speak directly to Morgan for a second, because I, you have met me numerous times, so you know how I am. So I don't want you to feel like I was being like outwardly aggressive towards you, because I am not upset with you. That's just the I'll way be, he talks. I get fucking hype. You know what I'm saying? That's just what. So I don't. I'm sorry if that. I should have prefaced what I said with that. Um, so I'm sorry if anything that I said up until this point, obviously because I'm apologizing now, um, was felt to be aggressive because I certainly don't mean to. But I, I am very, I'm usually very particular with my words. You know what I'm saying? Like. Most of the time, very particular with my words, and I have generally said something the way that I have said it for a particular reason, mm -hmm. you know? Like, I said what I said because that is exactly what I meant, you know? I... And I'm pretty black and white. You could ask my wife that, and she would she would laugh and say, oh, yes, to a, to a frustrating degree um, <laughs> that I... That's what I meant, you know, and if I meant other things and I would have added that, like I would have added other tertiary things to what I said, you mm -hmm. know, but my qualifier was strictly because I, I feel that it is improper as somebody who views the government in a very traditional manner. I feel it improper for somebody who has been there for not very long mm -hmm. to be introducing a piece of legislation that is, like I said, trying to turn the country completely around from where it's at now. 
Yeah. You know, and I, and like I, I said, I want to have that conversation. Not from bad to good, but I mean, economically yeah. and as far as the way that we do our energy and socially. And I, yeah. like, that's, I find serious problems in that. That somebody who, not just because she hasn't been there for very long, but because I also think that with experience in Congress, you, start to interact with more people and learn more about their district, you know, because this is not just about the people who are in her district, because Mm -hmm. at this point, that's who she knows. She knows her constituents and the people who got her there, you know, but because she's only been there for a couple of months, she doesn't know the rest of the people in Congress. She doesn't know really anybody. So she doesn't know what can, what's going to work for them. And you're trying, you're talking about something that's going to affect everybody in this country. Yeah. You don't know how that's going to fuck with other people because you haven't spoken to their representatives. Mm-hmm. You know, you haven't had the time to go to other places to learn from people. That's a problem I have with this, that you have not considered the implications that it has for other people in the way that they actively live their lives. Mm-hmm. You know, and we'll go over some of that. That part of this is part of the Green New Deal is a $60 per ton carbon tax. Yeah. Like on on fucking everybody, you know, mm-hmm. on everybody who's just trying to put gas in their car. So you're going to price me out of my car because you don't think that's the right way for me to live my life anymore. 100% so people electric who, vehicles in 10 years. So people who have classic cars that were made in the 20s, the 30s, like uh, I, uh, hopefully, you know, there were cars then. I'm just kidding. There were Like um, the coolest guy like, around. Yes. His cars. Right. So people who have that that are not going to convert over to electric. Those people can't have those cars anymore. An entire hobby. People who live their whole lives that way because coolest guy around is he like that's going to be his business. You know, that's what he's going to do is restore classic cars. And it's a so, really cool business. So he can't do that anymore. Is he does what you're an amazing saying. job at that, res- like restoring classic cars and they're fucking badass. I think that that is, even though that's a small percentage of the people who live in america you know people who make their livings or who are like really into classic cars it's probably a small percentage of america like they shouldn't be neglected just because you want to get something done you know you have not taken the time to get to know other people there because you haven't had the time Mm -hmm. and that's why i feel like that's inappropriate i feel like that's one of the reasons inappropriate for somebody who is a freshman congressman to be trying to put forward something like don't that. Under, don't you know? fully understand the effects, the implications that your your ideas are going to have. No. Per, obviously, due to the way it was written, I think we should segue right into that after this. Absolutely. But I do want to say one more time. Yes. I want to have that conversation with you one day about how you feel Congress should work like that, because that I don't. I don't think I, I'm 100% on board. I get where you're coming from, mm-hmm. but I'm not 100% on board that. And for me solely, I think she should be called out for it because it's, I think overall it's a steaming pile of garbage, but yeah, um, which speaks to her lack of expertise and knowledge about the wider world. But, um, but yeah, I, I want to have that conversation one day. Maybe, uh, you know, I don't know next episode or whenever. That's a that's a big picture one we can hit any time. <sighs> Deal. Well, we can try yeah. get into it today if we you know if we have the time. Um, it might spin off there when I talk about my lack of faith in the world. No, and that's fine. <laughs> um, so Morgan, I hope that uh, again wasn't too aggressive on my part and answered not answered but mitigated some of the concern or blood boiling uh, that came as a response. 
or reaction uh, to what I or Colin said. Man, man, Morgan, I'm actually disappointed in you because you didn't spread that around and it didn't get picked up by social media enough and made a hot, hot topic issue. Yeah, we could have made us famous. What are you doing? You could have put us out there. Damn it. That's what we should have done. God damn. We should have had her put that out to TMZ. We would have had our names fucking everywhere. Oh, we could we could do we can fabricate a uh, (laughs) we can fabricate one. That's like the thing people do now. So we already talked about it. We're going to put it on the air. We'll just wait a couple weeks to put this episode out. We'll uh, we'll we'll talk to you after the cast, and we'll see about you spreading that around, and then we'll have you on the cast one day. Well, definitely, regardless. Yes. You know, in all in all seriousness, I want to have you in here so we can maybe talk through these things again face to face. Just because it's it's really difficult to kind of solve those type of disagreements or you know things like that that without one on one interaction. Yes. So hopefully one day soon we can get you in here and we can talk about all that. But I think with that, I just want to keep rolling on this Green New Deal thing. Let's do it. Okay. So um, as per you know who I am, I took notes. I went on to the Green Party website mm-hmm. and I went to the full language and I just read it from top to bottom and just took notes as I went. So mm-hmm. that's, you know, how I figure how we'll discuss it. Um, so one of the first quotations that I have here, guaranteeing full employment up to 20 million new living wage jobs, as well as make the government the employer of last resort with a much needed public jobs program. So, mm-hmm. You'll be able to see my process also because the first thing I wrote is it's like triple C, right? Because that's what it made me think of. Triple C C. C is the Civilian Conservation Corps, right? So during, oh my God, I'm so excited that I get to fucking talk to you about this. I thought you were (laughs) going to know about it. I'm so jazzed now. Okay. So the Civilian Conservation Corps was part of FDR's New Deal. Right? Okay. So it is during the Great Depression. He takes people you, at this time was young men, and this obviously in the Green New Deal would not be just young men, but it everyone. Took, yeah, young men who I think were like nineteen to twenty-seven, nineteen to twenty-five in the beginning, and it gave them jobs in infrastructure in the country, right? Mm-hmm. Restoring roads, national parks, making them better, redoing trails, rebuilding, and stuff all like that, that shit, like, right? Yeah. All that stuff. It was done by the Civilian Conservation Corps. Oh, right? Okay. So, so that's that's what the institution that put everyone to work yes, during the new so, deal. So so they got so they got paid thirty dollars a week, had to send twenty five of it home to their families, right? So the idea behind the Civilian Conservation Corps is those families are having money they didn't have before. So they're buying goods, which is taking more off the shelves, causing more of a it's a stimulus package. Yes. An economic stimulus. Exactly. Right. And so it's causing more of a more of a demand, which is uh-huh. going to make the companies need more jobs. They're going to have to hire more people. Boost the private sector. There you go. People get taken out of the Civilian Conservation Corps right into the private yeah. sector because now they have some skills to do some shit. If nothing else, they've been led by a crew of people or yeah. led a crew of people. And now they can be a floor manager at a factory. You know, yeah. or they can do something at a factory because they worked with their hands, even if it's just gardening and doing bullshit. You mm-hmm. know, they've done that. It was like, that's fucking rad, right? I loved that. I loved learning about it. I thought it was awesome, right? So, you know, try and stay a little close to your mic. Yes. I'm just noticing you're coming in and out. Yeah, no, you're fine. So, um, let's see. The next one I wrote is they want to make wars for oil obsolete, allowing us to cut our bloated and dangerous military budget in half. Right. Mm -hmm. Something that's quoted later on that we'll talk about is they said something about a trillion dollar per year military budget. 
that's not the case. As we talked about last week, last year, $700 billion. This year, 716. Not that that's not like those aren't both big numbers, but there is a huge difference between $716 billion and $1 trillion. Yeah. That's a big difference of about $300 billion. That's a 30% increase. Huge difference. Yeah. Huge difference. So I thought it was really weird that that's the way that they were putting it out on the Green Party website was that it's a trillion dollars a year. Like, that's a big roundup, you know? Huge. 750, I could see, you know, because it's 716 this year. If you're like, 750 billion dollars, I still would be like, that's a stretch. Yeah, you're still, and you're still talking single digit uh, increases. Yes. Percentage-wise. Yes. Um, So... So after that, I, so the idea is to take from the defense budget to fund the triple C for public projects and green conversion. Um, and so they want to get more people buying things to stimulate, hopefully, the subsequent need for workers and then use the unemployed also in the administration positions in like this new triple C, you know, that would exist. Mm-hmm. And so it's not like you're taking people from the government and like putting them over there. You would also oh, be yeah. hiring that's, people to do administration jobs as well. Oh yeah. That's just, part of putting everyone to work. Well, and yeah. People who just have those skills, you know, if you've been an office worker for 20 years and then you lost your job, mm-hmm. like that's all you know how to do. So fuck, we'll put you in an office here, you know, yeah. and at least we can pay you to do something you already know how to do. And we don't have to train you to fucking build a house. Cause that's going to take twice as long. <laughs> yeah. But I do think it's important to note, you know, every one of these, they say in the, the beginning of the bill that they're going to focus all of these and the leaders of this, they're essentially creating the path for these frontline and, you know, I forget the actual terminology, frontline uh, and vulnerable, and vulnerable communities, communities, yes, which um, is, you know, the essentially the the people at the the top of the oppression hierarchy you know, yes. or the bottom of the oppression hierarchy. And so... What I thought was interesting, right, is that those terms are not used at all in the language on the Green Party website. Frontline and vulnerable communities is not used one time. Yeah. But in the legislation itself or the non-binding resolution, Resolution. it's used in there several times, but not in the language of the actual Green Party website that I was reading off of, right? So I thought that was really interesting. They kept talking about it because in here... It's marketed as something that I totally would get behind. Not the not the Green New Deal, but this particular like the, the idea, the triple C section of okay. this. Right, this is something I can get behind because the idea in general, in my mind, right, and it seems to me something that conservatives could also get behind, right, because the idea is that you're taking the money from unemployment from a lot of these entitlement programs. Plus, they're talking about cutting the military budget in half, which is fucking absurd, right, but. <laughs> to me, in my mind, right, it works better if you're going to take money out of entitlement programs, out of unemployment, out of things like that, also from the military budget because it's fucking absurd, um, and also from like a couple of other things, and that's the money that you're using for this triple C, right? Because that's the whole idea is you want to get people jobs instead of using entitlement programs anyway, you yeah. know? So you're going to take that money and instead of giving them food stamps and this other shit you're giving them money you're giving them work to have to earn money to have a job to get that shit mm-hmm. you know that to me in the theory in my mind seems like something conservatives could get behind as well because you're getting people off of entitlements you're getting them back to work in the economy stimulating the private sector also because they're gonna have to hire people when there's more money flowing through the economy right yeah. and then yeah i think there's some numbers things that i'd be interested to see like Okay, you know, and, I mean? and we'll get to that yeah, because yeah. I have numbers here which 
when they started talking about the numbers, I'm like, I don't know how the fuck this is going to work. Right? <laughs> so that, so we'll we'll talk about that when we get there because sure. because it's it's 400.4 billion dollars to put 19.6 million people back to work, which would be full employment. Everybody in the country would have a job if 19.6 million people got jobs, right? 400 billion dollars, which. Like I said, they're arguing is half of the military budget, which I think is fucking absurd to take half of the military budget. Yeah. Because they also talk about trying to take people home from, you know, all the military base around the world. And we'll talk about that too when we get there. But so the $400 billion, I don't know off the top because I forgot to look it up. I don't know how much money is spent every year on entitlements, you know, or is spent on unemployment because that's something that I... That is going to offset this an insane fucking amount. I mean, yeah. I don't know if you want to try and look that up or anything, but it's well. Yeah, I, I um, want to say off the top of my head, but including things like Medicaid and Social Security. Yeah, um, I think total all in encompassing is about a third of the f- annual budget. So I it's wonder the biggest if, single expense if you count right. those programs as a welfare. And program. those I don't think. Would be involved in this because that's like a separate. Deal. Oh yeah, like, I mean that's you know, how you're going to fund universal health care. <laughs> right, right. So, um, so I would be. So I'll, I'll fact check it because um, I would be interested to know how much money is spent on like SNAP benefits every year, and then how much is spent on unemployment. Because if those two things are three hundred billion dollars, you know, when you take a hundred billion out of the military budget, or mixed from other places, part from the military budget, from other places, whatever. And that's what you're using to fund this triple C to get people back to work. So if the numbers work out, they work out. That seems like something that everybody should be fucking in favor of. You know, everybody wants people to be back to work. Everybody Mm -hmm. wants people to be employed. So the welfare budget also includes the Medicaid program. Um, What was that? My phone. Oh, you drop your phone. Every time with this. (laughs) Yodi, chill out, show dog. Come on. Uh, but yeah, okay. So the welfare budget, uh, including the Medicaid program, uh, looks like welfare totals spending seven hundred and thirty-two billion dollars in fiscal year sixteen and seven twenty-nine, surprisingly, in seventeen. So costs actually went down from the sounds of it. Well, there but was, you think there about was cuts to it. you know seven hundred some billion dollars. That's more than the military budget. But then again, that is including that Medicaid program, which is part of the welfare. Which is probably a huge amount of that. Yeah, Um, I bet you we can find an itemized breakdown eventually. But yeah, and so that's what I'm saying. I'll you know I'll I'll try and fact check that. But that's something that I think I think is interesting. You know, I think that's really interesting. And maybe this people would say that this is naive of me, but it seems to me, you know, as the old saying is that like. History is like doomed to repeat itself. You know, if this worked before, why can't it work now? You know, if that's what we need, especially if, because the focus, at least on this Green New Deal part of it, right, on on the Triple C part of the Green New Deal, is they're talking about taking this money and investing it in local communities and local projects, right, where non things from the bottom up, where nonprofits will put in project proposals, right? They're going to take the unemployment offices and turn them into employment offices where people would go and get jobs, right? Mm-hmm. So local nonprofits and the the f- fucking, f- the districts and stuff like that, mm-hmm. um, the counties, that's what I'm trying to say. Oh, they yeah. can okay. They can propose projects that need to be done that they can't get done or don't have the money for or whatever, you know? They get approved or disapproved through this depending on how they'll benefit the economy, how they'll benefit the community, how they'll benefit the people, you yeah. know? 
And those are the things that the money gets paid for and that people get paid to do. Yeah. So they're and fixing they our roads. The projects. They're, yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's And that's Some what they them. did before is they were doing the parks and they were doing roads. They were doing shit that benefited people in general. Our roads are dog shit. Our roads yes. around here are dog shit. I would love if people would fix them because the county does a terrible fucking job at fixing them. <laughs> surprise, But surprise. there's people out there with their dicks out all the time on the road doing fucking nothing, you know? So, yeah, it's the old... Uh, on a six-man crew, four guys are outside of the... They're standing over the trench being dug. You got one guy in there with a shovel and one guy on the phone talk to the boss. And they're paying them, and they're paying them federal minimum wage, right? Yeah. Which I'm sure they would then argue about putting them to $15 an hour. That's a whole other deal. I'm not I'm not in favor of that, but that's 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 something else, right? But you, you pay them a decent living wage well, you know, in, to do shit that needs to be done. Now, I don't know, know. Did they not address the salary in the... On the Green Party website? They did not say specific salary. They said living wage jobs Okay, is what they said. In so the non-binding resolution, it stated uh, Mavis Bacon wages, which if you ever heard prevailing wage, okay. government, government mandated wages. I know in the construction industry, it is at least, generally speaking, it's at least... A hundred percent more than what your standard wage is. That's crazy. If so, that's a very popular thing in our industry. There's a lot more administrative cost. Yeah. Because there's a lot of paperwork and hoops and all this stuff you got to do. But like on the ground, you are told as a company, you will pay your employees this amount of money. And that is part of our contract. It's, it's part of the cost of doing that job. Mm. And, uh, and that's what was in the legislation. So we're talking about a massive boost in prevailing wage jobs yeah which if you are in the construction industry you know exactly what that means and you can make up your mind whether you like that or not <clears throat> but yeah that's that's how they would be paid and i will tell you right now it is not that is a very enticing paycheck right right and so i'm not the finer things could be argued all day yeah. because i certainly don't think that people should be getting paid in the triple c more than i'm getting paid or more than i got paid they when do. i got this job you they know do. because that's some bullshit right i think that I don't know, at least state minimum wage because our state minimum wage is fucking rad, you know? But like, but I don't think that. What is our state minimum wage? It's like $11 or something like that. When Dang. I got my first job, it was ten fifty. Damn. That was like. I was in single digits when I got mine. What I'm saying. And then I, and then I, uh, I worked my way up pretty quick and I got up to 10 bucks an hour when yeah. I was in high school. I was rolling in Balling. dough in high school. And people would argue, I mean, that's not a living wage. I certainly, you could not Definitely live not for today. 10 50 an hour, you know, but that's, but I don't agree. I don't like the idea, like I said, of, of somebody starting to make more money than me getting a job out the triple C, you know, or well, my bosses or my bosses having to pay me 10 more dollars an hour because these people out of the triple C compete. are exactly. I'm not cool with that um, because that's how you lose all these local companies that you're saying you're investing all this time in, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, that would be a hard balancing act to have because yes. you, you can't have the ultimate monopoly mm -hmm. moving into town nationwide. Right. And offer a better program than you can in the private sector because then everyone's going to leave. And, the, and then they're not going to go to the private sector, which is the idea on the back end, right? So so in general, I think this is a great idea, you know? And I think that like the kind of, like I said, with the general idea of the funding, like I think this kind of all in theory works. So you if know? the, if the budgetary of office came back and said, this is going to have a zero 
you know, zero dollar impact on the yeah. on the, this will on be the all deficit. Right. Yeah, we can just transition all this money into this, you know, slowly. Because obviously you can't just immediately take away all those benefits and be like, get yourself a fucking job. Like, because there's not going to be enough jobs in the beginning to do that. You know, you've got to yeah, convert the, people so that slowly. The stated 10 year timeline does not seem realistic. I don't know. Or is that? Um, okay. I don't know. You know, as far as the how the conversion would go, I don't know. Um, but I just mean you couldn't like. You couldn't tell people, hey, next month we're opening up employment offices and instead of getting your food stamps, you have to go and get a job and we'll get you a job, but you have to go down and get one, you know, because not everyone can do that. You'll have lines fucking five miles long because that's just too many people to have to find a job immediately. There won't be enough jobs within the triple C right off the bat to do that, you know, so you would. Because it would take time to set up for sure. Well, and so in theory, right, you would do it like almost like in waves, you know, if you and I were unemployed and we're getting those benefits, we are healthy working age young males and they would take us and healthy working age young women and put us first into the triple c and we would get paid and we would get those jobs and then the money's going to start flowing in and the trip the private sector jobs open up we're the first ones that go in and then the next wave of people you know mm-hmm. or the people who have been unemployment the un- un- unemployment the longest you know people who are yeah, who 40 years you have whatever the, the rollout works, you know but be. that's right but it's going to go in waves you know and you transition people off of benefits onto the triple c you know you tell them they're going to yeah. they're going to letter in the mail hey we got one more month on this. Go down the triple C, get yourself signed up so that when this month runs out, you mm-hmm. already have a job set up. You're already there getting your first paycheck. Yeah. You know? And I mean, I'm not going to because I'm going to say blatantly, I don't know if I do agree with that. Mm-hmm. But let's just assume for the sake of argument, because I want to go down this yes. this path here, because um, essentially I don't know where it's at in the timeline we're going here. But the jobs, it seems to make sense to talk about them now. Some of the programs that they're talking about starting like. Upgrading and fixing every building in the United States of America. Yeah. And like so, stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, they're obviously, I mean, they're talking about a complete infrastructure, mm-hmm. you know, being part of this, like everything. There's going to be plenty of work to go around on that assumption. It's just a matter of, like you said, coming online, and, the rollout. Right. Well, How and do you I'm, do that? And I'm with you when they're talking, when they're talking about, um, all these weird things they're doing, retrofitting the buildings and stuff like that. Like a lot of this seems like shit that they're making up to do, you know, which a lot of people would argue is was part of the triple C before that. They're just finding shit for people to do yeah. so that they can have money coming to the community or into the economy, you know, mm-hmm. which, which I, is part of the deal, you know, um, as far as. Well, that's the problem Obama ran into with his stimulus package. Right. Had all these quote unquote shovel ready jobs ready to go. Right. And it, wasn't exactly and so true. so this is a, that's again one of the the finer points that when I start to go down there I'm like well now we have to talk about what the jobs are going to be you know because yeah. like I said I'm in favor of people come people doing things in the community fixing roads fixing parks doing shit like that that needs to be done you know mm-hmm. when you start talking about a lot of these jobs that they're talking about are have to do with their conversion over to clean energy 100 percent you mm-hmm. know and so that's like to it's me, pretty all encompassing right and so to rebuilding me that, the entire country. Brick by brick. Right. So to me, that leans more over into that conversation as opposed to the jobs for the triple C, you know, mm-hmm. because like I said, to me, the triple C is more of like a general idea that you find shit for people to do. You yeah. know? And it would be almost consequential that if we were doing a conversion to green energy, then those would be some of the jobs. But yeah. I think that this still is a good idea, even if we're not doing the conversion over to green energy, we're just mm-hmm. finding other shit for them to do. You, you know, it's interesting, too. We actually have organizations that do something similar to that now. Yeah. I have two people that I hired from a group 
just like that. They're like a, like AmeriCorps and stuff like that. There's right? all sorts they're, of different yeah. ones. Yeah. And they all work a little different. And then they're right. all, I believe, nonprofits and stuff like that. Yeah. And so, and I don't know if that would necessarily put them out of work or they would just become part of that machine, probably. that would They would shift to that I, mode of I operation. I would imagine they would at least be funded through that. Yeah. You know, that if so that's I think what that's how doing. this is, just when you follow the logic out, if, I mean, if you call it logic, um, how they might be able to make something like that work, mm-hmm. that would kind of make sense. It, it's a lot of private companies that are kind of like Obamacare works, you know, private doctors and stuff they put in for payment. Right. Through that program, as long as you follow the checklist and right. meet all the standards. I can see that, especially making it maybe easier to boost the local economy well because you can funnel it through like through the state you know like my mom works like for like she works a work source you know mm-hmm. and so like that's oh, yeah, yeah, you that's... go there to find jobs like and so yep. that's that would be i would imagine a part of the state that gets a little at least funded through you know grants or whatever through the fed yeah that yeah. would be a massive this... facelift and a big boost to that how that works exactly which you yeah, know? and as far as welfare programs go i think that's a, a good one because Putting people to work is important, not just because it's good for the economy, but it, yeah. because it's good for people. It's good for the crime rate. Yeah. Because when you have a job and you have, I, I want to say, the burden of bills to pay and a mm-hmm. life to support and all that, you don't have time for, you know, stupid fuckery. That's why, you know, most crime is so heavily embedded in areas where unemployment is so high. Yeah. It's because when there's nothing to do, you. You know, what do kids do all the time when there's nothing to do, when they're bored? They cause trouble. They go out and they, you know, they fuck shit up. That's, but if you have, if you're gaily employed as a kid and stuff, you generally stay out of trouble for the most part. Well, and I read in some of the articles I was reading about the Triple C that, like, it, I mean, it improved morale, like, kind of in general in younger males and people that were involved in the Triple C because they had money and they were doing stuff. You know, it also mm-hmm. improved kind of the general health of those people because they were outside working. They were getting physical exercise and outside doing shit, you know, yeah. that forced them to be healthier. And so they didn't need to go to the doctor and stuff as often. They weren't, like, everything was just oh, a yeah. little bit better, you know, just kind of for those people because of those things. You yeah. Know? And I mean, I infrastructure mean, job, that means construction. Exactly. That means a lot of outdoor, healthy, exactly healthy jobs. Exactly. You know, it means a lot more workers' comp and L&I claims. <laughs> oh, everybody's insurance could go through the roof. Shut up. <laughs> uh, okay, so let's, yeah, let's keep rolling on that. Yeah, so I thought that the triple C in it as a general idea, I'm, I'm hugely a fan of. I'm a, I'm, a, be, I'm a big fan of that. If this was to happen, that would probably be the way to do it. And I think that's even so you could take like, because this is not, I don't think, going to go anywhere. You no, know? But, he's, but after this kind whole of Green New idea. Deal thing has like died down, I think that I, it might behoove her, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, to be, like, to be like, hey, what about this, though? This triple C, that's a pretty good idea. Like, why don't this just this, though? Because there's yeah. that, you know? I mean, that could be and, a good talking point in welfare reform. Especially you might be able to get some Republicans welfare on Welfare reform. President Trump has been talking about getting an infrastructure package together for a long-ass time. Tied together mm-hmm. with that because so many of those jobs are going to be in infrastructure. You know, that's his plan anyway, yeah. is to put so many of those people back to work on infrastructure, get them off of entitlements. Ooh, I, see, Reach across I, I see a dystopian a novel here. You what I'm sign saying, up like, for the the triple C, or you go on basic, universal basic income, <laughs> or you sign up with the the triple C. Those are the, the options. Yeah, you could take your chances out there in the, in the wastelands with with basic and good luck and Godspeed. Or yeah. 
you can uh, get on the triple C and you'll have employment and security for the rest of your life. Yeah. Socialist utopia. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's why I mean, that's why I think ultimately when I always talk about the Green New Deal being a utopian paradise is because no matter where I follow it, I always end up at a place where it becomes some kind of socialist utopia in my mind. Well, and, yeah. and you're correct because when you read the actual paper that was put out in the government, right? That one has way more leading terms and leading rhetoric oh, yeah. and buzzwords than it does on this website. If you go to the actual like Green Party website, which is what I was looking at, and they have a page that's the full language of the Green New Deal. Mm-hmm. None of that shit is in here. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like This is something that just kind of a liberal person like me could be like... Fuck yeah, I'm doing that. Like that's I'm voting for that. Let's do it, you know? At least in part. Like mm-hmm. but it's when you start to read the actual piece of resolution, you know, you're like, "Well, well, that's a little sketchier than what you were talking to me when yeah. we were on the street corner and you're handing me a pamphlet, you know? <laughs> Like this this I feel like you maybe like entrapped me a little bit. Like this isn't bit. exactly what you sold me, you know? Yeah. Like this seems like it might be a little bit of Scientology going on over here. So Maybe, baby. The, the next quote I have here. Uh, Cut the military spending by at least half to bring our troops home. Uh, 800 military bases worldwide to shore up their oppressive oil monarchies. Uh, yeah, to shore up oppressive oil monarchies could no longer be justified as protecting American interests. I will say um, OPAC would have no teeth if, they had, if we had no demand for oil. So... The note I wrote is a terrible idea, right? <laughs> it's a terrible idea. First of all, it's not always about oil. I, I'll give it to you. The last one definitely was. And the one we're in now still definitely like some started with some oil. The, you the know? future military conflict in Venezuela. Venezuela might be. There have, and I think it was on the intercept that there was somebody who reported that the president said that he would like to go to war with Venezuela because they have all that oil yeah. and it's just right I in think that backyard. was in uh, McCabe. McCabe? McCabe's book. That's, the new book that's that came what it out. Was. Yeah. yeah. Um, because he's citing the Monroe Doctrine, you know, yeah. which which is a piece of paper or what's well, a like a it's a Monroe, treaty. Yeah. That essentially says that uh, I mean that we can kind of like, you know, look over the whole Western Hemisphere. And like we'll kind of hold this shit down and anything yeah. that happens over here. It was right before World War Two, I believe. America got this. Um, there were some revolutions going on, I believe, in Argentina. I might have that wrong, but down in South America and stuff like that that like we do we can't have all this this fuckery going on. We got we I will help you guys fix your problems. Yeah. But no, I'm good. Um, um <clears throat> But yeah, there was some references to the Monroe Doctrine yes. from that book. And again, you know, who who knows how truthful that is? Because that's just a book. Right. From, you know, it's a very from popular thing McCabe. these days. Um, yeah. So the other problem I have with that, right, is this is something that we've talked about before, right? Is something that I have discussed with people before very close to me who have combat experience that it takes, it takes three generations of involvement in a country consistent involvement in a, in a country of positive outcome for that group of people to forget about the atrocities that you may or may not have been involved mm-hmm. in when you first got there yeah you know? western values is a ticking it's a it's a clock so there it are, has to run down before it's fully appreciated and the old ways have been forgotten so there are some places that we could leave 
there are other places that it would be ignorant for us to leave because yeah. something would happen just like it did in Syria that as soon as you leave, shit fills right back up with people. You know what I'm saying? It's, I mean, I... That's right. We're going to leave 200 troops there. Yeah. <laughs> you, you heard about that? Did I say Syria? I'm trying to talk about Afghanistan. And okay, yeah. Syria. There we go. So Afghanistan. I'm really sorry. Yeah. But, yeah, we had talked about that a, f- I don't know, a month or so ago. Yeah. Them. Um, no. Yeah, no, I said Syria, I meant Afghanistan. And we were there. And then as soon as we start to leave, it fills right back up with, with Taliban and, and with yeah. terrorists. Like that immediately, you know, that's oh, yeah. what happens. So, I mean, you saw that that's how ISIS essentially established the caliphate. Right. When we started pulling out of Afghanistan. Exactly. Exactly. That, And then you, you know, President Trump will call him out for it. But, you know, he argued on his platform that like that's how you we created isis obama created isis and now he's essentially doing the same thing in syria and that is yeah he's trying to justify it otherwise and but. and that is the case that is exactly how that yeah. happens as evident by like we said as evident uh-huh. as in afghanistan you know if you if you do not maintain some Libya. type of presence there to ensure that yeah. nothing boils back up then it almost certainly will, you know. Mm-hmm. So to pull out of all of these military bases you're talking about all over the world would be would be ignorant. It would not benefit us by any means because all that's going to do is incite violence and possibly cause some a group of people to want to come over here and do something at home. And yeah, that's how many just times are you going to poke the hornet's nest before you, you know? get stung? Exactly. Um, so next quote I have is, we need a World War II scale mobilization to transition to a sustainable economy with 100% clean renewable energy, public transport, sustainable agriculture, and conservation. Better public transport means less cars and less traffic, which also means better roads, which I think is rad, right? Because there's some people, part of the problem with American public transport is that it sucks. You yeah. Know? In Europe, people use public transport all the time because it's awesome. They can get wherever they want to go really easy. They don't have to wait around an hour mm-hmm. or two hours because the bus stop that's only, that's an, a mile from their house only has a bus every other hour. You yeah. Know? That's how I had to take the bus when I was growing up. When I took the city bus, the bus stop closest to me only ran every other hour. Yeah, you have to tailor your schedule to its schedule yes. versus it tailoring itself to everyone's schedule. And if you want people to be able to do that, then you have to make it run a little more smoothly and make it a little bit better, right? Yeah. Which, I, mean, even which the, I think is fine. And even the the best examples of public transportation in our country, like New York City, they yeah. still suck right? hard yeah. compared to everywhere else. You know, yes. that has a decent public transportation system. And we'll talk about that when we Amazon, because that's a big problem with people on Amazon. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and that's I mean, like I said, that's part that's part of the problem with mm-hmm. American public transport as compared to European public transport is that it's just shittier here. You yeah. know, and if it was better, there are people who carpool and stuff like that and use buses or that ride bikes and shit that would be willing to take public transportation if it was better and worked better for their schedule. You like know? those people on Bainbridge Island. Them people are crazy. They bike they, everywhere. They would do it. In the pouring know? down rain? Yeah. Miles. They would do it. Going back and forth to the city every day. Crazy. <clears throat> um, I also think that green energy is rad, but like nuclear energy is pretty cool too. I think that it's strange, like the just the complete overlook of nuclear energy. No, I mean, nuclear's I bad. Yeah. Nuclear is Jane's least dams. <laughs> they're they're not good. Yeah, they're not green. They're bad. Well, and I certainly there's problems with it, you know. But it, like everyone's talking, what like new new cold fusion or whatever, like that would be better. You know, cold so fusion just, is a myth. It's a myth. Yeah, there's it's no such thing as cold fusion. No, no, that that was no, a pie I? in the sky. Um, 
this actually comes courtesy of, I believe, what's his name? Steve Carroll, I want to say. He's a, he's a physicist and he, he comes and makes the rounds on Joe Rogan uh-huh. a lot. And essentially, cold fusion was a, an old school kind of 80s, 70s pie in the sky idea that we now know is complete and utterly impossible. <laughs> yeah. It's physically impossible. There's other alternatives, but stuff, you know, cold fusion is not a, that's fake news now. Hashtag fake news. Well, there was something. There's that really young kid that made like yellow cake in his garage when mm-hmm. he was like 16, you know, and he was on Vice a bunch of different times. And he oh, yeah. was talking one time. He had a new machine that was like, a yeah, new I remember that. That but was back when Vice was pretty so, good. Yeah. So I thought that was cold fusion, but that must be something else. Yeah, it's just it something just, else. The nuclear yeah. energy has come a massively yeah. long way since there's, we first started. It. There's obviously still problems. You got Fukushima and shit like that that happens, you know, but there but it's was never like a man made problem. It's always a, a problem with. You know, the man-made structure not jiving with the catastrophes that the world yeah. can bring. And I don't know whether or not there was any reports about any negligence or overlook or anything I don't, at Fukushima. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't you think know, I've I ever heard no that. Um, if any, they were trying to blame maybe the engineer and the architects and stuff yeah. like that. But that's I don't think even that really held water. This Will is just a lesson that was learned. That, well, maybe we can't really put it there. Will you do me a favor? Maybe. Um Want me to pick up your phone? No, you grab. No, I got. Oh, you got it. <laughs> you grab me a beer. Yeah, definitely. You just have an easier time getting out than I do. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Thank you. And I'm also going to ask you to uh, just do that. Yes. There we go. Whatever works <laughs> best for you. Um, it takes some getting used to. Yeah, I also think that it's a great idea to focus on fresh food. You know, because they're talking about like focusing on sustainable agriculture and conservation. I think that's a great idea. I think if you try and get processed food companies to focus more on fresh food thank you then processed feed everybody that, poison yeah that would that's be really nice that benefits everybody yeah um, so i think that that is really cool um i would like to think that sometime in the near future at least when you look at society today the free market would dictate that move yes because it just seems like it's, it's the smart thing to do, man. I don't well, like I the feel fact like that we're all fucked up now because we've been eating poison for decades. If you put some tax incentives um, to food companies to switch towards fresh food, you know, yeah. they're going to do it. You know? I mean, so, it's onerous you know. to get your stuff like certified organic. Yeah. yeah I mean, it's incredibly expensive and, and yeah. time consuming to do that. So, yeah, maybe if you had a better program to do that, I'd, I'd be totally on board with that. And I think most people would be. Do you know anything about um, water desalination? because i know that it's like super expensive you know yeah. and like I know it happens but right um because that was also something i thought about and this is totally just like a stone thought i had last night while reading this you know that i'm like well if a big part of the problem that is going to happen is like sea level rising like what is there any way for us to try and invest in water desalination to, to like consume a little bit of that and like get it you know out of the i have least- a feeling that's like a just like a one or two technological breakthroughs away. Right. Because I, I know that right now things. it's just really expensive. Like, I yeah. know it's super expensive. Yeah, so I, think I wonder it's very, if there's... The energy you consume, and it's just not cost-effective. Yeah, so yeah. I wonder if there's any way to invest money in that and make it better. Or if we're at a point where they're like, no, this is as good as it gets. Like, it just doesn't It doesn't work. I don't know. I'd be interested to I'll know. I'll have to consult then, a physicist. Yeah. If you're a physicist and you're listening to this, give me a call. Um, so the next one I have here is replacing non-essential individual means of transport with high quality and modern mass transit necessary to electrify everything else, including transport. Um, 
I think in public transport is cool. You know, I like I I, I took the bus a lot. I didn't get my license till I was like almost nineteen, so I took the bus a lot. <laughs> you know, um, but fuck you if you're going to tell me I can't have a car. Like yeah. I don't. I'm certainly not going to be forced to take public transportation because that's what the government is telling me I have to do. Oh, yeah. I'm a fucking American. If I want to drive a car, I'm going to drive a car. If you want to make an electric truck. I'll drive your electric truck, which I as I saw is a thing that there is a competing company to Tesla. I don't make a truck that they're making trucks. Oh, baby. I would drive an electric truck if it works just as fine as my truck. Heck you know yeah, what I'm if saying? it's got four wheel drives, so I'll I can do drive it. it through the mud. Like, but fuck you, I'm not going to have a car. I know, absolutely not. Am I going to live in a world where I'm not allowed to have a car? You know, I'm not going to do that. Um, and the infrastructure cost to just have the proper charging device put yeah. in and make it feasible also i don't know what the hell you're going to do about planes because yeah, that's what i've been thinking this whole one. time is what are you going to do about a plane you know high speed rail <laughs> and we that was gonna, the answer are you going to get to another country uh well i mean we'll have elon musk just gotta he's gotta get on it and underwater is it a, is it easier to do a, the ocean is so deep though how do you do an underwater train to another country I mean, How do you even build one? I mean, you can make it floating. We can Just make it neutrally buoyant. Bridge. <laughs> this is all. Too, that's re, yeah. That's that's what you would have to do, right? Because it's it's certainly too deep for you to build any type of pillar, you know, to to be uh, to put the fucking bridge on. Yeah. Can you know? imagine how much like concrete you would need? What happens to concrete when it gets really, really like? You wouldn't be able to do that. You got to ask Jacob. Because you think that much pressure creates a lot of heat right something if it was going to be put down fast enough the friction caused by everything being compressed so much by the weight of the water would heat it, would it just up right it, oh it, i don't it wouldn't I even, have no it idea would be, it would be a rock before it got down the bottom do you think it would just crumble the i think that's taking it a few steps too far i, I just don't think so it's feasible that's what to i'm do saying that. like how do there's no you alternative just don't get to travel to other continents anymore if nah. they're not connected Maybe giant floating bridges. And like that's what I'm saying. It has yeah. to be a floating bridge that's capable a thousand of miles long that goes to Japan. Yeah, you know? capable of standing 60-foot hurricane swells. With, One that goes you know, to Hawaii and then to Japan. Dude, that'd be so sweet. Get there in like two hours. Done. On a bullet train. Swing. Um, so the next thing I've written down here is they talked about what is called the Jacobson Plan. Um, mm. That is broken down in. I remember that. And I got a dude that I, I got. I got a dude that that I know that that does stuff with the power company, and I want to talk to him about this because I'm interested whether or not this is legit. Um, because I read like two articles that both said that it's not technologically feasible for this to be done. But in this thing on the website, they're like, "Oh yeah, no, there's people who totally say that it can be done." So <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I would. I want to talk to somebody in the industry and have them tell me. So the Jacobson plan is 30.9 percent onshore wind, 19.1 percent offshore wind, 30.7 percent utility scale photo. F- okay, solar which, panels. Yes, enormous solar panels that work on a utility scale. Um, solar, solar farms is essentially what that is. 7.2% rooftop solar, 7.3% concentrated solar power with storage, 1.25% geothermal, 0.37% wave power, 0.14% tidal power, and 3.01% hydroelectric power. I mean, we That's already how know. You convert America. You over get rid, you can get rid of that three point whatever percent for hydroelectric power. Jay Ainsley says no. <laughs> Jay Ainsley says, fuck you. Exactly. Um, Ignant. 
But I also, I so I thought that that was, so talking about converting to green energy, right? Because that's where we're at now. I think that it's, obviously that's cool, you know, like if to convert over to green energy would be rad. But again, I don't know, like we talked about last week, I don't know what you're going to do about factories. You know, I don't know how you're going to produce things on a mass scale with zero emissions. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that technology exists. It did not seem to be that way. And Tesla just became the most, you know, prized monopoly on the face of the planet at that point they're the only ones that are really on the cutting edge of things like solar powers and yeah. I mean, they're making the solar shingles for your roof right and, you know they're the one pioneering the the battery power the storage power like so tesla now is the number one company in the world because we have to rely on them for everything or is there room for that right so i'm not sh- um and that's yes so i think it's cool to be Pie in the sky, it's a nice idea. So, I would right, like to be there. Right. So when I think about it, right, I'm like, well, that's kind of cool because if that's the case, then you're going to, I don't know, there might be some type of tax breaks or something for people who decide to put it on their own house instead of waiting for the triple C to come around and do it for them. You know, if you're going to do it yourself, there's a guy. Well, you could probably apply if you're going to, if you are certified or whatever, yeah. or you just hire a general contractor in the area who can meet those triple C requirements. Yeah. And that's part of repairing and upgrading every building in the United States. Right. Everybody can just get in line and wait their turn. But you would have to start letting people sell their power back again because right now people get credits. Mm-hmm. They don't get money anymore, which is bullshit um, that you can't sell your power back to. Because you used to be able to do that. Like when you first started, you could totally sell your power back to yeah. like the company. Because like, what are you going to do with it if you can't? Nothing. It just like, sits you're there. Just, it's just like, okay, it you're just part of the system. You know? Yeah. So, um, and now you just get credits for it instead, which is stupid. Um, but I feel like you got to start doing that. Um, it says that it would improve, it would provide 3.9 million 40 year construction jobs and 2 million 40 year operation jobs. 40 um, years. Yes. And that does not include mass transit, freight rail. And retrofitting buildings for insulation and efficiency. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it would be a wonderful idea. Yeah. Right. Again, like, I, I agree. I think that it is a good idea, but I don't, it's not te- technologically feasible. And so that's no. what I'm. And that's actually like in, there's language in the, in the resolution yeah. that talks about being, you know, as much as technologically feasible. Right. And, and this, it argues that it is technologically feasible. Yeah. Um, Coming from the Green Party, that makes sense. Yeah. There's also going to be jobs in sustainable energy, transportation and manufacturing infrastructure, clean renewable energy generation, energy efficiency retrofitting, intracity mass transit and intracity railroads, weatherization, complete streets, which has like bike lanes and um, sidewalks and stuff like that. Um Regional food systems based on sustainable organic agriculture, clean manufacturing of the goods needed to support support this sustainable economy. We support them. Support. <laughs> um, so, and this is where I started to get confused, right? Because yeah. I'm like, so there's l- local government funded offices to find work f- for government money, yeah. Like, and then yeah, that's how. So then I, how are local businesses put first if that's the case? If if the government is the one. And so then I'm like, so the money is the idea of the money is going to, is going to trickle down from that into the non like, and, and that, see, that's why I know? think you'd have to move to a system where like the Obamacare, like the voucher type thing where you, a private company, as long as they meet check mark, check mark, check mark can apply for these things to go do these yeah. jobs. 
And so I think they might be trying to get their wires a little crossed there by being just a little too idealistic almost. Right. Being very vague. But again, this this is a vague concept anyway. So Yeah. Um and that's where I wrote down that it's it would cost four hundred point four billion dollars for nineteen point six million jobs and thirteen point four trillion dollars for one hundred percent renewable energy. Mm-hmm. Which, Which is all, I mean, you can't move that money around. <laughs> so that's why I was, the next thing I wrote was, where the fuck does that money come from? Yeah, you're like, not allowed to ask that question. Having the military budget, just slicing it in half. That's where, that's where at we least the money it. for, yeah, for the jobs comes from. But I don't know about the $13.4 trillion do they for talk 100% about, renewable energy. Do they talk about maybe next or something? There's I know in the legislation there's a, a look at a growth in public funded banks and you know grant programs and stuff like this uh it doesn't say anything that on the okay. on this website here um, that's kind of you know it's there's vague language about that in the in the resolution which kind of addresses how they're going to fund that is for one they're going to tax people and then two you know they're going to have all these new public banks yeah. That apparently are just gonna. I mean, who cares about money anymore? It's all just a digital thing. In, so okay, inflate so, the shit out of the currency. So, yeah, it is so, what it is. Now we now we're fucking Venezuela. So I listened to an episode of of Intercepted last week. That fuck I should have sent to you because there was an economist on there who was explaining a theory that I guess is according to her growing in the economics community. And there was a guy who used to be the head of the fed. And I don't remember what his name is, but he's like really pretty like prominent. Um, and you would know mm-hmm. his Greenspan or is Alan, Oh, Alan, Alan Greenspan. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I think that's who I'm thinking of. Yeah. Um, he was being interviewed somewhere or testifying somewhere and said something to the effect of there is nothing to stop the Federal Reserve from creating as much money as it wants and giving it to to whoever, you know? Yeah. So and just I was a, yeah. And I was talking to Jordan about this last night, right? That in theory, it seems to me that that's totally correct. And that's what you and I have talked about before. That as soon as our money is not based on the gold standard or anything anymore, it's all just ones and zeros. And at that point you mm-hmm. can make as much money as you want because it doesn't matter. You know, it's all yep. it's all fake, right? You'll instantly but, inflate your currency. But, but the right so the problem press the button it's done. The problem with that is that the rest of the world doesn't see it that way. No. That there's too much faith in the economic system for you to just be like, well, America says it doesn't matter anymore. You know, the rest of the world is like, that's cool. It still matters to us because we all still have money in economies that are working together and doing things. Well, this is so, one of the reasons we're so uppity with China right now is because yeah. of the amount of currency manipulation they've done over the last, you know, decades. We can't do the same thing. It's, it is a disastrous thing to do. Yeah. There's consequences to that, but there's nothing to stop you if your currency is not based to a commodity physical item mm-hmm. which it's weird to think that even in the digital age that like yeah right now our money is is technically worthless it's just ones and zeros and it's it's a promissory note from the from the federal reserve that is tied to i don't know what it's not it's not gold anymore so i don't know how you i don't know how what's to stop you as long as nobody else catches on and I don't know how you control prices that way or it's none of it makes sense. No, no. And that was the, 
I know that's why I thought it was interesting that, like I said, I'll I'll try and find that episode and send it to you because this woman was saying, you know, that it's a growing theory in the econ in the economy world, especially as like the deficit grows and mm-hmm. well, it really matters anyway. You know that they're yeah. just like, well, f- fuck it, right? We're America. Like, yeah. Why would we not just do whatever we're gonna do and you know we'll just give people shit because why it doesn't not? matter anymore. Everything's you know? free, bro. Everyone everyone has money because you know it it's all just sitting out in stacks in the streets. So. We'll that's, just give people all shit is, yeah. because it doesn't matter anymore. <laughs> it's know? just weird. So, yeah. um, and a, a growing <sighs> number of economists in in the field. I mean, that could be a one hundred percent growth from one percent from one to two. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they also said the Green New Deal pays for itself through the prevention of chronic disease, which consumes a staggering seventy five percent of the three trillion dollars in annual healthcare costs. Which I was again confused by because. Is that to say that the federal government pays three trillion dollars every year? Because that's not what that says. Are you no. saying three trillion dollars spent by the American people? Because I don't know how it pays for itself if it's money that the American people are spending. I wouldn't be surprised if you took a look at the amount of money flowing in and out of healthcare insurance and the private healthcare insurance industries. Because um, they're just subsidized by the federal government at this point. They're not. That's what Obamacare was. Yeah. And so if you were to completely bypass, you know, if you solved all the problems and people weren't getting sick anymore, I don't know. I mean, I know for a fact that the health insurance industry is a insanely huge financial industry. Yeah. So whether I wouldn't be surprised if a $3 trillion, you know, market existed in the health insurance industry i really wouldn't be surprised i just wasn't sure where that figure came yeah. from you know because like it's we're That'd looking be a at, wild guess we're looking at 732 in entitlements and that's yeah with it's certainly not you know, federal so, spending and so that's why i was confused where where mm-hmm. the money where that number came from you know because like i said if, if you're including the money that we're going to save that, that much money. individuals are spending on health care that i don't know how it's paying for itself if that's money that we are spending that doesn't because yeah. that's not money the government is spending that's money i'm spending but it won't go to, into the pockets of the one so i'm like i don't understand how we're going to save that how we're, we're saving that money from the one percent um, and so then they start talking about a carbon fee right mm-hmm. the carbon fee will ensure more realistic fossil fuel prices that include the cost to the environment and are high enough to tackle climate change effectively by creating economic incentive to drive efficiency and bring alternative fuels to market. So, um, I hope that they're going to (laughs) subsidize like electric or alternative vehicles if they're going to be pricing people out of their cars because not to if, mention if you're completely just gonna, destroying that entire manufacturing industry right because i mean even just speaking strictly from a consumer aspect that if you're gonna make it so i can't afford to drive my car then you better make it so i can afford to buy an electric car for really cheap because yeah i don't all of a sudden have twenty thousand dollars laying around because you're raising the prices for gas you know, Sorry. so I better be getting some type of subsidy to trade in my car and get an electric car because what the fuck? Yeah, you know? right. That's I drive a Land Rover. Like That's, it's not. There's a work lot of. Uh, there's a lot of. You know, uh, I don't want to say not civil rights, but there's a lot of constitutional rights that come into question with stuff like this. You know, even the upgrading every building in America thing. I mean, this is your private property. You don't. The federal government doesn't have a right to come in and tell you. That we're going to rebuild your house Word. to to suit our 
our collective needs. Right, because right now they do like like tax incentives if you do things at your house for green energy to make mm-hmm. it more green. You know, you can take your light bulbs down to like Puget Sound Energy and trade them in and get new light bulbs that are more get those LEDs, baby. Yeah, like you can get better light bulbs there. You know, I think that's what a Puget Sound Energy rather you mm-hmm. go to do. So yeah, yeah. like PSA, I, baby. I just I don't, <clears throat> and this is something that like will you know we can we can kind of start to lead over into. John, you know um, you can move this, right? I see you just like bobbing and weaving. Um, I'm figuring out what works best for me. You know, yeah. you moved it in a place that you're like, this is where it should be. So um, <laughs> that, let's see. I was thinking earlier this week, right? Um, and this can kind of start to lead us over into big picture type of stuff or mm-hmm. um, whatever. But like I was thinking this week, I, I also think it was when I was listening to Bernie Sanders, right? That I think that wealth inequality is a terrible thing, right? I think that that the skew of, you know, that tiny amount of people having more money than like the rest of it's that's fucked up. That's crazy that that was able to happen, you know? It's yeah. A, unfortunate side effect of the capitalistic society that we live in you know, yeah, right. that, that there's such a, a skew of that you know but I, I don't know that taking people's money and giving it to everybody else is is the way to to solve that you know I, I don't know that that's I don't know that that's the way to do it um, it seems to make sense to me that instead of because one of the things the AOC is talking about is an a 70% tax on every dollar you make over $10 million. Yeah. Right. Which there's that like, you know, certain part of me that's like, well, fucking $10 million is a shitload of money. Like, so what do you need, you know, with that much money after that anyway? But there's other part of me that's like, fuck you. I can't have as much money as I want. You know, that's, mm-hmm. that's part of America that as shitty as it is, you know, if, if you want to have all the money in the world, you can make as much money as you fucking want and just hold it, you yeah, know? Just it's a thing. You look like a dick, you know, because you're just holding on to money. A miser. But, but this is America and that's what you can do, you know? So it seems like it makes more sense to me to instead of like incentivize people through their taxes to donate to charity a little more than we are now, you know? Mm-hmm. Instead of me taking your money and putting it where I think it needs to go, I'll give you a tax break if you put your money where I think that you should put it, you know? Like... If you put your money into helping homelessness, into shit like that, I'll give you a tax break because yeah. that's what needs to be done in this country right now based on the analysis that we've done, you know? Yeah, if, if you were to put your money, just say, back into the community. Yes. That would be... Then we will give and you a tax break we would have a million different ways you could do that. That's what I'm saying. Like yeah. that's, That seems like a better way to get people to put their money where you feel like it needs to go, yeah. you know? Even like the little things, man, like... Uh, Maybe you have a, a local movie theater yes. that you like that's not a megaplex, but like it's hard to it's hard to make money in that business. It's really expensive, and so like maybe you know you'd have a community movie theater, yeah, a community center, but a community movie theater, and you could even <clears throat> you know depending on what the needs and the wants of the community are, you could you could have a fun to pay somebody right or something like that i don't know but so there, here's there's got to be a way you could do that so and here's an example on the negative side of that spectrum right the head tax got passed in seattle got pulled back right amazon just said they're going to invest a fuckload of money into seattle and in king county to help fight homelessness like mm-hmm. a shitload of money i don't remember how much it is but like 300 million dollars yeah, it was like a lot that. huge amount of money right 
So that's like the negative side of that. Instead of like, it's like, that's like, that's the stick to the carrot, you know? Yeah. So this in, is somebody pulling a gun on you. Yeah. So instead of slapping them with a stick, give them a carrot of like, hey, if you, you know, instead of the head tax, if you spend that money, then we'll give you a little tax mm-hmm. break and everything will be, you know, cool. And the community will look better and people will have, you know, like better housing and there'll be yeah. less people on the streets. And also you don't have to pay quite as much money in taxes this year. How do you feel about that? Like yeah. that seems we like have it kind appeals of a, more to the capitalistic society that we live in yeah. than switching it over to the more socialist ideal of taking people's shit to pay for things that you think need to be done. Yeah. You know? And I mean, we have kind of a bastardized version of that in yeah. some cities. You know, we're going to talk <clears throat> in a minute about Amazon in New York. Yeah. And there's during this whole like bidding race for Amazon, there was all these cities were saying what kind of tax incentives they could offer to allow that, you know, to convince that company to come to their community because it'll create jobs. And so that's almost the same idea, but with the wrong focus. Yeah. You know, don't say just blanket tax incentives. Just say, hey, if you come here, we we have this program just saying that if you invest in the community, you get tax breaks. Right. I'm not saying you have to do it, but wink, wink, wink. But we have you could totally that do that. At your disposal, yeah, you know? and not just at the jobs level. It's like, well, right. it's, it's going to bring jobs, so that's nice. <clears throat> yeah, that's part of it, but it so would I also only, be nice if you um, that little like uh, the forced charity tax. I think we talked about yes. at one point. You know, it's not even forced, but just you don't get tax breaks here unless yep. you do this stuff that we like exactly. That would be nice. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. You know, that's like, no. that's your pull as the city or as the local government, as the town, as the whatever, yeah. the county, you know, that that place is going to try and be in. Like, that's the pull we have is mm-hmm. that, you know, I'm not going to charge you money for this because that's not how America works. But if you do the shit that I feel like that needs to be done in my community, I'll hook you up. Yeah, because who better to know the needs of their community than local governments? Yes. Right. I mean, mind you, we can argue all day about how misguided some of their views are, but but that's the that's the purpose of being involved in right. in local government and not relying for you know your savior in the federal government to do it for you. Yeah. Um. So there's a couple more things that I want to hit, and then we can totally uh-huh. move on to this other shit. Um. So they said they were going to put taxes on the assets of oil and gas companies that goes to help transition the economy and the profits of the carbon tax go to people who can't afford to pay the carbon tax. And I thought that that was really interesting. Subsidizing the tax code. So you are going to price me out of my Land Rover to give people money so they can stay in their cars because they couldn't afford gas. Yes. Is what you're saying to me. Yes, because they can't what afford. The fuck are you they can't about? afford the penalty on the gas that they use. <laughs> like now. That, that's what you're saying to me. That's so we're absurd. gonna we're gonna take more money from you, and we're gonna give it to your neighbor who can't afford to pay the tax that you have to pay that you can yeah. barely afford now. Yeah, and so that way he's covered and you're covered. Everyone buy into the system, and everyone's fine. Yeah. They also said it's going to be a $60 per ton carbon tax, raising by $15 to $20 annually with rebates for low and middle income. Mm-hmm. So it's the same idea. You know what I'm saying? That we're going to charge everybody except for the people who can't afford it. We're going to take the money from the people who could afford it and give it to those people. Yeah. What the fuck? Doesn't and make like, sense. And Can you imagine that? Go to the gas pump. The next time you go to the gas pump, you'll see the tax breakdown yes from the fed and from the state we have far more state tax on our our gas than they the fed does yeah and now imagine that essentially more than doubling 
probably. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's, what is the price of gas going to be for here? I mean, it ain't cheap here. It's not. And now you're now we're just going to price everybody out of cars. It hovers around three dollars. It sucks. Yeah. But yeah, it's just it's it's unrealistic. So then there was two lines that I had a problem with, and then one line that I was cool with when I okay. went and was reading the actual legislation. Right, justice and equity by stopping current, preventing future, and repairing historic oppression. Right, we talked about that last week. Yeah. For right off the bat, equity is a problem for me. Right, that 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 word in itself implies. A focus on equality of outcome as opposed to equality of opportunity, which is not something that I'm in favor of, right? Because it's bullshit. Right. Doesn't make and, sense. And the talking about the repairing historic oppression and stuff like that, I think that that's fine, right? But it also carries the implication, and maybe it could be argued, especially in the social media age, that I'm just fucking paranoid because I'm, you know, a white male. But that's you're gonna me, lose your privilege. That to me implies that that I'm going to be looked on with a little bit of disdain because I'm a fucking white male, you know, and that I'm going to have to eat a little bit of shit because people think that I am benefiting from some white privilege that they're unable to prove to me, you know, and you again, already benefit from so much white privilege, Don. It's again, not even I'm funny. not saying that that doesn't exist, but I'm saying that you can't prove that everybody who's white benefits from some type of privilege just because they're white. Yeah. Please that's, quantify that for everybody. That's please. not the case. No. And it doesn't work that way. If you want to come and talk to me about my life, then that's we can do that. Um, the next one I had a problem with, ensuring the use of democratic and participatory process that are inclusive of and led by frontline and vulnerable communities. So that to me in itself also, it seemed contradictory, mm-hmm. right? Because, follow me here, right? Following. If you are talking about running off of a democratic and participatory process, then there is no way to ensure that it is led by anybody of any type of community because it's being done democratically. So whoever is at the top is whoever is decided at the top. So there's no way to ensure that that's anybody other than a person, right? How well did that work out for the Women's March? It doesn't work out because yes. it's you are essentially... That's a great example. Forcing the structure of, you know, a an organization. Yes. It's it's something that is you're taking all the human factor out of it and you're judging people solely based off the color of their skin, where they come from, you know, what kind of genome they were born with. And, and the it argument doesn't make sense. And the argument this whole time has been that that doesn't matter anyway. You know, that none of those things should matter. But right? now we've but come now to they a do point matter. where that matters more that if I am one of these people that is is part of a frontline or vulnerable community, then what I have to say, the skills that I have are more valuable than what you have to scale or the values, the values and the skills that you have. They're more valuable, mm-hmm. you know? And I don't, like I said earlier, like, where does that shift happen? That instead you, you don't want, like, I just want the same opportunities, man. I just want to be judged the same as everybody else. Now you want preference over other people because of that. I, I don't, that doesn't make sense to me. And it's, that doesn't, again, it's, like I said, it's that, the, it's the, that's why intersectionality doesn't work because it's a paradox. Oh my gosh. Um, the, the rando phone is ringing. What the fuck? Oh, is that my phone? That is my phone. I forgot my phone's over here. Uh oh. Well, anyways, the, uh, you go let's take a break. All right. We finished up Green New Deal. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think so. Wait, I they said one thing. You know what? Never mind. It's my brother calling. He oh, me. come on, Chad. I forgot I have an Apple Watch. 
Come just, on, Chad. See, this is what happens. I never leave my ringer on. It's always on vibrate because I got the Apple Watch. But my phone starts going off and all of a sudden it's like the fucking apocalypse because my phone ringer is never <laughs> on. Um, so there was one thing that I actually like. They said one particular line, ensuring that public lands, waters, and oceans are protected and that eminent domain is not abused. We weren't done with the Green New Deal. That's You're the right. thing. And that, again, that whole, like that. like that eminent domain, that is part of this whole thing because Stabbing to force somebody to get something done, you have to impede on their rights of property ownership. This yeah. is, you know, it's the same problem that Trump's going to run into trying to build his trying fucking build wall. Because I don't think Elon Musk is going to give him some some wall room. Well, and we talked about you know like it's last week or the week before that Cards Against Humanity was yeah purposefully buying pieces of property on the border so they could not be used to build right. a wall. I'm going to fight this shit in like, court. Like there are people take my who land. did that. You know, it's it's already been said that it's not an emergency. So just want to do it uh, fast. Yeah. yeah, dude, I totally forgot. I can like sit back in this thing. And like pull the mic in nice. And everything's cool. This thing is so sweet. Yeah, so uh that's that's the last thing that I had on the Green New Deal. Okay. Um so we can we can move on to like a little bit of Amazon. That's not a huge topic. No, that and that just kind of I mean, we just brushed it over. Amazon has backed out of their original deal to move one of their headquarters to New York. Um Long Island City. Yeah, Long Island City in Queens. Um and it's been really funny to watch you know, the congressional leadership from New York fight against this. Let me ask you before we move on. Uh So Long Island city is like a town or is that like a neighborhood in Queens? Because Queens is a borough, right? Yeah. Queens is a borough. So think of, yeah, a mini, not even city because New York city is the city and the boroughs. It's kind of, I'm trying to like equate it to Kitsap County, but you just can't, it's kind of backwards. Um, it's like a because a borough is like a almost like a small county in the city, right? Yes. So the borough is the county within the city, and then, and then you have the neighborhoods within the boroughs. And yeah, Long Island City is, is a, a neighborhood in Queens. It's a neighborhood in Queens. Okay. And if you're not a New Yorker, it's kind of hard to grasp. But every neighborhood is different, right? That's from you what know? I understand. All incredibly yeah. different. You right? know, all incredibly different. And they're yeah. very. I mean, you're in a different world. You right. cross a couple blocks, and all of a sudden, you're in a completely different part of the city. Um, but yeah, it, AOC had come out and been incredibly happy that Amazon didn't go there because the big evil corporation would That's have. What she said, yeah, because they weren't willing to participate in kind of what we just talked about. It Amazon was, had a three billion dollar tax package that they were going to get from the city and the yeah. state um, to. I mean, that incentivized them to build that. Yeah, facility there, which was going to be twenty to forty thousand jobs. Is that what it? Yeah, I think was? it was twenty five thousand, something like twenty five. Yeah, yeah, twenty five to forty. Mind you, these like are all that. upper echelon management, right? And corporate yeah. jobs. I but. read that the that the median salary would be one hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year. Yeah, don't mind me. I'm not adjusting, which is a lot. I think I know. That might help. Yeah. Um. Yeah, these things are tricky because I'm noticing. You got to talk almost on the side. Yeah. Um, and I am, I keep giving you false information about where to put that thing because I still don't know where to put them. It's all right. We're figuring it out. Um, but yeah, so they lost. And then there was, I don't even know if this is true because it, the, the billboard picture looks kind of doctor, doctored. 
but who knows HD tele or HD cameras these days. Have you seen the billboard they have in New York City where it's it's thanking AOC for the loss of this many jobs and you know something the amount of money that would have brought in no. like all this different stuff. Yeah, she's getting kind of fired up for about that, but uh, you know her and oh, was it former mayor Bill De Blasio? I mean they they kind of essentially what they did from my understanding is this, the city kind of counter offered again it was like hey well you also need to kind of invest in <clears throat> in these public particular public programs concern yeah public transportation was public a concern. housing public housing was a concern this is what um, it's like when you do any kind of business in new york city they have and, all these individual <clears throat> little you know programs that you have to kind of play along in yeah and, and if then you there don't was, you're not welcome there was also just people who were concerned about just the tax incentive they're getting. They didn't yeah. like the idea of a $3 billion tax break for that company because it's the largest, I mean, the most profitable company in the world. You know? yeah. <clears throat> Bezos has got the cash. Yes. <laughs> um, so I think that I don't feel any any particular type of way about Amazon leaving, right? No. I think it's totally understandable, those concerns, as evidenced by what has happened in Seattle. You mm-hmm. know, We talked about that. We talked about the head tax. That It, it is obvious that it is a possible side effect of a big company like that amazon is the bad guy because that's what we can use as an example here Mm -hmm. you know there is a possible side effect of that skyrocketing your rent prices people being priced out of their homes and then being homeless yeah and then there's you know that stigma that ends up in the homeless community at least here i don't know how it is in new york you know i don't know if the homeless communities are different but at least here that the shelters just don't work the way that they need to. You know, there are people who have kids and, and dogs and stuff that they can't take place. They need yeah. to go and they have stuff. And, you know, like we, we went over all that on the, on the head tax one. I'll try and I'll, I'll write that down so I can link to that in the description on Monday. Yeah. And homelessness is a problem that plagues just about every major metropolitan area. It's just some do it a little better than others. Some don't How have bad is it as, in New York? it's not as bad as it used to be. It's definitely not as bad in Seattle. Yeah. Not even close anymore. Um, there's that old joke that, Mayor Giuliani went around and had all the homeless people secretly killed <laughs> because all of a sudden yeah. it was like, wait, where'd all the homeless people go? Yeah. And I don't know, to be honest, what that, what happened about that. But for whatever reason, it's it the homeless problem isn't as bad as it is here uh, by a great margin. It's bad here. But yeah, I mean, it when it comes down to a major corporation, you know, moving in, New York City is not a friendly place to do business like that. Why they wouldn't go to, I mean, I understand why they want to go there because they have close reach to I mean you close reach DC for one it doesn't take that long to get down there the same with their place down in what was it Virginia Crystal City um, that's <coughs> right next door to DC yeah but I mean you're right next to the stock market and you know all the you know there's a lot of major financial institutions run out of New York and so you're right close to all of that but if you don't look at it that way and just look at a like a community support you know arena go to the Midwest they would welcome Amazon with open arms yeah. because they just like having, you know, big entities, employment entities, because it's, you know, the job market is not as easy it is out there as it is, say, on the coasts and in the cities. Right. You know, it's a little Excuse bit more me. rudimentary in a way. Yeah. So we'll see, you know, we'll see how that turns out. Because yeah, they're I'm, still they're still building in Virginia, right? Yeah. And they, I, I haven't heard anything about Crystal City. They said which, they're just going to reinvest in all their other places and what they have one in like Houston, I think, and mm-hmm. obviously the one here. And 
Um, they're just going to reinvest in all their other facilities and just make yeah. it bigger. I guess they also have one in New York. It's just not a uh, headquarters. Me. Yeah. And so they're talking about investing more money in there too. Right. Um, but it's, it's interesting, you know, do you think that that's like, I don't know how much AOC actually played like a direct role in that, but how much do no. you think that you don't think so? I don't think, I mean, she's a loud mouth. Yeah. You know, she's a loud, and I don't mean that in a derogatory sense. Her voice has great weight when it comes to New York city, especially in areas like the Bronx, which I mean, it's, it's New York. Everything's really close together. So she, what her opinion on something that happens in Queens is just as valid to the people of the Bronx than it is the, the greater city of New York. Um, so it's kind of almost like uh, what happens in the city of Paulsbo affects us in the county. Yeah. You know, that aren't in the city limits, Bremerton, Port Orchard, stuff like that. Um, and so I can see how just her being the celebrity that she is, she has an opinion on it and it could easily sway public opinion one way or the other. Yeah. I mean, there's a, Queens is such a big borough. There's enough low to mid income people there that, you know, her her voice, I'm sure, resonates greatly in a lot of a lot of Queens. Do you think that do you think with the experience you have there that it would negatively impact the city to have a headquarters like that there with the evidence that you have from Seattle or Amazon being in Seattle. Seattle? Um, um, yeah, I do. I, I think it would negatively impact them, but I don't think it's for the same reason that AOC points out. I think it's a completely different angle. I think it, it would hurt Amazon to work there for one, to be headquartered there. I think the, the expense would outweigh the gain Yeah, pretty greatly. Um, and then, just in the the sheer force of having to deal with the way that city runs, it just it would bog everything down, and I, I think it would do a great disservice to the city itself by having something like that that they're constantly having to fight with, and you know trying to bend them to their will, and they're just not used to playing that New York City game, and so I think it wouldn't it would be a net loss to everybody. You're gonna have a you know, based off all of the wages and everything that that does pump out, it is easier to get there for people that don't live in Long Island City. So you can have all the the lower level managerial jobs and all the things that, you know, the big ticket salaries that that's really going to mm-hmm. harbor. Um, you're going to price the hell out of Long Island City, which is already really expensive. It'll just become a little bit more gentrified. Um, but the commuters that are coming in to work the lower paying jobs aren't really going to be that terribly affected but you know with all that and a loss of tax revenue from that just due to their tax incentives it's like you're not really gaining anything for the city other than some extra jobs which i mean anybody can do by moving in i don't i just i don't think i think the the negative effects outweigh the you know, the benefits in general not not any specific avenue but overall i think it they, the two just will not be good neighbors. Yeah. I don't think, you know, <clears throat> but that's, and that's just kind of the way New York is, you know? Yeah. It's, it's a very different place than anywhere else in the country. You know, we can, we have some things in common with Seattle just due to the nature of the big kind of liberal cities that kind of work together. Uh, you know, have a lot of common thoughts in mind, but other than that, and that was just kind of it was big news that for about a, a day or two, 
and it kind of has died off. I haven't heard anything else from that. So we'll just kind of, I'll pay attention to it as it unfolds and yeah. where it ultimately lands. But who knows, to be honest. Um, what do you want to hit up next? You want to talk about Bernie Sanders next? Yeah. Bernie Sanders, Kamala Bernie Harris. Sanders. Um, what about Kamala Harris? Kamala so, Harris? Kamala Harris? Whatever well, her name is. She really is just part of my larger point as to why we are not going to talk about mm-hmm. the Democratic candidates or presidential candidates until it gets closer, right? Yeah. Because we also were talking about Morgan about this this week and talking to Morgan about this this week. Um, and we don't want to spend time covering Democratic candidates yet because when it gets down to crunch time, so many of these people aren't going to matter anymore Yeah, that essentially I don't want to waste my time talking about people that aren't going to matter, you know? Mm-hmm. So... My one of my examples was I don't think that Kamala Harris is going to make it even to like a Final Four type of scenario because I don't think so either. We are this far in, you know, we're still in February of 2019, you know, and she's already had to walk back things that she said about like the healthcare system, and then also one of the problems that I had um, that was actually raised to me on Ben Shapiro was that she was on the Breakfast Club with Charlemagne the God, and. <clears throat> like Charlemagne the rapper? No, no. Charlemagne the God is. Um, oh, I think like I a, saw a little like a clip from that. Like a radio host. Yeah. Um, and he asked her. He was like, you know, people are really curious how you can be so pro-black and like have a white husband. And she, instead of saying, "Well, that's really, really racist that you would even ask me that," she's yeah. like, "Oh, you know." I love my husband and he loves me. And like, you know, that's just where I was at the time of my life. And, you know, yep. that's where I'm at with it. Like, like she's uncomfortable with it. You know, like I, like I fell in love with a white man and you know, it's okay. It's just something I live with every day. Like, guilt. like, it's why guilt are you, you even answering with. that? Like you're, yeah. you're trying to run to be the president of this country and you are not going to immediately stamp out the fact that that's an openly racist thing to ask you. Why would you marry a white man if you're so pro black? Yeah. I say that's racist as shit. I didn't know that mattered. If she was white, you wouldn't like you wouldn't ask. You can't ask somebody that, and you no. wouldn't ask a white person that. Why'd you marry a black person? Yeah, because that's racist as shit to ask that. It's so, so bad. Like, the I fact that believe... she even answered that, she's not going to yeah. be the president. That's no. not going to happen. No, and she's got other clo- skeletons in her closet from her time as a AG of California. You know, cracking down on um, you know nonviolent drug offenders, and there's all she's got all sorts of skeletons that are going to come out and. And I'm going to be really curious, mostly following this stuff, is how they they tote that intersectional line by by not shutting it down right away. You're validating that a racist question like, who are you, you know, why did you marry a white guy? It's okay. Why is that okay to even ask? That, you know, you can't ask how old somebody is in a job interview. Yeah. Why is it okay to do that? <clears throat> We're essentially... And we're it's all crazy. interviewing here for a possible new job. Why is that okay to ask? You need to yeah. shut that shit down. And by playing along, you're giving that that intersectional wing even more validation. It's crazy. I could not believe that she even answered that question. No. And she flo- she even floated out the idea that she would, uh, what was the word, you know, essentially get rid of the entire public health insurance industry who needs it that's what yeah she who needs it who needs it and i think that was her addressing uh something that because she has come out in support of the the so-called green new deal yes and i think that was one of the questions asked but yeah she i don't think is gonna make it no. even though she is one of the 
you know, she's been an all-star in the Senate as far as, you know, the public view. Yeah. But I don't think she's going to go anywhere. Cory Booker, that's a, you might as well just say that's over now. Yeah. I don't, he's got no, Spartacus is going nowhere. Spartacus is, is dead. Yeah, Spartacus is dead. He died a long time ago. He's not coming back. And so the only reason that we're going to talk about Bernie Sanders is because he's really the front runner right now. I mean, he's raised way more fucking money than anybody else. Almost in the first just hours. under six million dollars in the first twenty four hours. Yeah, on online. That doesn't surprise me. I know somebody that donated to his campaign first oh, yeah. day. Doesn't it? Doesn't surprise me. It does not surprise me. I don't. I love. The things that Bernie Sanders says, you know, because I think that there are like some really great ideas. I think that I think that he gets a really bad rap for calling himself a democratic socialist because America has a sour taste in its mouth for anything that's called socialism or anything like that. Everybody hates it. You know, socialism is anti-American because because his idea or his what, what he means when he says democratic socialism is just the capitalism to work all the way for everybody, yeah. you know, and that it's it's there's inequality here that needs to be fixed. And that's going to take a little bit of not totally pro capitalism fucking tax taxes to do that type of shit. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't agree with everything that the guy says, because a lot of this shit is like, where are you even going to get all of that money? You know, and there's there's a lot of that stuff. But there's also things that people run on that they're never going to be able to do. And that's, you know, no. President Trump talked about a wall the whole time that he was running. And now, oh, you know, but he's already built Mexico is going to pay miles. for it and all this stuff. And, you know, here we are. So, yeah. Um, and that's not, you know, that's not like taking a shot at the guy because that's just the, the fact of the matter that you're not going to be able to do everything that you ran on. It's President Trump's own fault that he is not willing to accept that and move on, you know? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but I mean, president's, Break campaign promises all the time. I also it's part think, of the game usually. I also think that um, I'm not as scared of Bernie Sanders as I think a lot of people are, right? Because to me, President Trump, even being president, should show us that we don't have really a reason to fear Bernie Sanders, you know, for that sheer fact that if he gets in, he's not going to be able to do everything he wants. You know, yeah. all these things he's talking about, it's not like he can become president and just get it all done because that's the same thing that that we said about president Trump is he can't just come in and do whatever he wants. Yeah. And he can't even nope. with this national emergency, he's going to get tried in court until the very end of time, you know, until nobody can come up with any other legitimate arguments. He's going to be in court trying to, trying to fight about this national emergency. So it's not going to go well. No, it's not. It's <laughs> not going to pan out, especially since day one. He's like, well, I don't need to do this. You yeah. know, it might be a pretty short process to be perfectly <laughs> honest. Because yes. He screwed up. big um, time. And so, and I told you this earlier this week, you know, that I, I truly feel and, and almost kind of see this as like what might happen that if Bernie Sanders becomes president, there's going to be an immediate like red wave that happens in, in both houses, in the Senate and the house. And it's, he's going to get some stuff done because there's going to be people that have to work with him to get something done because you can't have four years of absolutely no legislation because mm-hmm. America just won't stand for that shit anymore. You know, Not it's, happening. it's been too slow for too long that the next president has to get at least a bunch of small things done for America to feel satiated with the mm-hmm. fact that we even have a leader, you know, instead of just a group of motherfuckers out there leading us. Right. The parliament. So exactly. Yeah. So, I am not openly concerned that Bernie Sanders becomes president and America flips over to fucking socialism. You know, yeah. like that's not going to be the case. I think there's going to be 
some attempted turnovers of of the new taxes and there's you know some things that everybody is talking about but i think that he also stands the best chance because the platform that he ran on last year is what everybody's running on this year. Yeah. All the Democrats are running on the shit that he ran on last year, or at least like slight variations of it, you know? He's the only OG there that's been like, well, I've been talking about this for, you know, years Decades. now. Yep. So here I am. Like it's he is running into some trouble with, like you said, the intersectional crowd when he said that it shouldn't matter what color someone is or you know what gender yeah. they are or anything like it doesn't matter who they're that like, is no, as it long totally as they're does. good but you just have to be the right color but there are a huge no they're not a huge but there is a certain amount of the population that thinks that it is time to have a woman president or another minority president because they think that that is what's needed i don't i i think that I runs i think that. that runs counter to every argument that's been said up until this point that everybody is the exact same and now for some reason they're not yeah. um, but so we need one of these why what does one of those even right mean it doesn't mean anything it, it and i think that's what and i think i might have alluded to this in my blog post a little but i think the thing that kind of terrifies me most about the the bernie sanders thing is the fact that people idolize him and his ideas and they don't necessarily think them through they just they because he his ideas are pretty broad they're pretty broad stroke they're general ideas they don't go even as far as the the green new deal which is still pretty vague yeah and so but he gets everybody so worked up and people idealize him that you know it's kind of like people have deified trump the small section of people i think but you know there's the, the die-hard Trumpians, they have an image of this guy as, you know, the idealistic leader, the, the perfect ideal leader, I mean. Yeah. And I think Bernie Sanders is that same symbol for someone else. And we're not, we're not focusing on the, the real the meat of what they say. Yeah. We just we focus so much on the person themselves and there's this general symbol and and to be perfectly honest, it shouldn't matter that much anyway. You no. should be more concerned with the people that he's around, and you should be concerned with the fact that a congressional body, that whatever party it is at the time, let's say that you know all three of the or all two of the the legislative the legislative branch and the executive branch are both under the same the same party control, like yeah. the Republicans. Four years, two years, they were. All they had all they had the Senate, the House, and the White House, and they didn't get nearly jack shit done, right? And people got really worked up about that, but that's because everything that the party wanted to do, they had to make sure Trump was on board with it and would sign it off. The president should not dictate what Congress does. No. The Congress should have way more teeth than the president of the United States when it comes to legislative matters. Well, and it's almost like if you're trying to pass a big piece of legislation, you know, you should have enough people on board that you have at least close to a veto-proof majority, you know, or yeah. else or else, really kind of what the fuck are you doing around here? Exactly. Because there's not enough people that are really down with this, you know? Uh-huh. If you can't take that back and then be like, all right, we just got to get like 15 more votes in the house and two or three more in the Senate and we're good. You know, we'll roll on with this. Like then, then there's something's going on here. You know, there's not enough people that are going to be 
that are going to be made happy for lack of a better term with this piece of legislation, you know, and Mm -hmm. that's like how this is supposed to be. And this, and it's all taking place on, on a federal level that are things that affect the nation as a whole. Yeah. And so when you have that much disagreement and you can't formulate, you know, a 60% majority vote in either the house or the Senate or both. Yeah. There's something wrong with that. You're obviously not addressing something. And it just it devolves into partisan games, partisan fuckery. And I it really bothers me that that just seems to be the new normal. It seems to be the normality of politics today. It's just whatever party's in charge at the time, it's their way or the highway. The president has them on the leash or they have the president. They should have the president on the leash. Yeah. Because the party... The president is selected from the party. He's nominated from within the party. Right. And it shouldn't be... We've gotten so used to putting all of our support behind the you know the White House, the executive branch. Yeah. When that's not the legislative branch. That's not our branch of government. Our branch of government is the Congress, the legislative branch. But we just... They continue to abdicate their power and abdicate their power and put more. And now we have Congress is now having to fight a national emergency that the president signed because they didn't agree with it. It's the same thing with all the, the wars in the Middle East. Not once has Congress declared a state of war. Yeah. Ever since the end of uh, Vietnam, Korea. When it- Was there an official state of war declared in i think it was a peacekeeping operation right vietnam vietnam um i think so either way don't hold my legs but you understand what i mean yeah um but at least as far as the wars are in the middle east are pertaining we've never gone to war with anybody it almost seems like we need a president who gets into office and says i'm not doing things this way you know, like I'm, I'm going back to how things used to be, and I'm getting it done through Congress. Because I want a this lazy how, president. I, yeah, oh, I want yeah, a president almost, who just yeah. wants to go and travel the world and meet with the leaders, sign some papers when he needs to, yeah. and let Congress do all the real work. Do you? If you guys get yeah. it through, I, I got it. You know, yeah, I, I, I'll get it done. If you guys get it yeah. done, you know, I'll make and sure to just kind of make sure the the we the need, ship doesn't go off course too much. But you guys go do your thing. We need someone to set the precedent that that's not what the president is supposed to do. You yeah, know, we need someone to set the precedent for the executive that this is how things are supposed to be done. Yeah, and I think that it's possible that it's only a matter of time when we have people like the representative with the one eye and like more reasonable mm-hmm. people coming into Congress, you know, whether they be Democrats or Republicans, because some of the Democrats coming in are fucking crazy right now. But um, there's there's more reasonable people coming into Congress. You know, yes. there are people who are who are seeing the same things that we're seeing and have the same concerns that we have, you know, that this is not how this government was designed. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. And we need to do something to correct the path that we're on because we're on a path to somebody like president Trump setting the president that, well, we can just declare a national emergency and, mm-hmm. and move on. You know, we talked about I, three episodes ago that I don't want to compare the guy to Hitler because I don't think that he's Hitler, but that's literally what, what Hitler did to, to start having in like primary control of Germany mm-hmm. is, is, is declare a national emergency and I need to be in control of everything. And then everything will be all right after that. You know, that's the exact same thing. Like that's, mm-hmm. 
that's concerning. You know, it's you talked about earlier this week in your blog post about leading towards totalitarianism. And that's, yeah, exactly, that's exactly what this what is. is. You know, that's exactly what it is that putting too much power in this person's hand, even if they're not a terrible person, even if it's not a President Trump, even if they're not a piece of shit, you know, mm-hmm. that's still too much power for one person to have. Yeah. And I, I think that's, that's my not problem. That's my concern with the Bernie situation. Yeah. Is that there's enough activist types activist legislators now in the democratic party and i'm not going to argue that there aren't in the in the right but um there's enough of them that you could have some some severe fundamental changes happen and if the supreme court isn't able to challenge them enough or actually shut them down because i mean you know how long it takes things to come through through the Supreme Court? I mean, every now and again, there's something quick that goes through. But Well, and I think I think Bernie Sanders is old school enough that he, he also doesn't agree with, with the abuse of powers. You yeah. know, I know he's spoken out against that almost every time. Whether you can argue all day whether or not it's because it was President Trump or whatever. Because mm-hmm. I don't remember, and no one paid enough attention to him when Obama was president to know whether or not he was saying... President Obama shouldn't be doing this because this is not his job. You yeah. know, I have no idea. I'll go back and try and find it, fact check, but I don't know, you know. But at least since President Trump has been in office, Bernie Sanders has not been in favor of of like you said pushing more power to the executive. He is That's not good. a fa- he is not a fan of that. And, I, I mean, would like I would like let's say he became president, right? If yeah. his first thing to do when he got into office was to call out Congress and say, you need to take back your power from me right now. Yeah. That's my first order of business is to end this bullshit and pull all the the massively, you know, reaching power from the executive. Pull that back and give yourself back all the power. I need to be able to work with you and try to leverage my ideas and convince you that it's a good idea because I'm the president and you are the people. And I need to be able to convince the people that my ideas are right. Not just not have just a bunch of yes men who are going to go with me because I'm on your side. I wonder if there's any way to like, if he were, if, if, if anybody was to get into office who had the right ideals, right. To get in and work with some legislators to say, I want, to draft help you guys draft a piece of legislation to pass that i can sign that stamps out this executive order bullshit that Uh stamps out all this stuff that you know other presidents have found lawyers to find loopholes for them to be able to get stuff you know find find someone to be able to argue for me that we can stamp this shit out because it needs to, we needs to be done with, you know, yeah. and just I mean, it's pass a of corruption. Yeah. And just pass some type of law through Congress that says we're cutting all this shit off, you know, mm-hmm. that, you know, we have found whatever, some type of argument that we can argue that all, all those things were wrong in the first place. Mm-hmm. Like I won't, I don't know. I'm not a lawyer. I'm sure it's not that simple, but it's like, I wonder if there's any way to argue against those things to try and reverse them, you yeah. know? So that if you had the right person in office that they could actually do that. You know, I mean, I would imagine that there there would be no reason the Constitution would have a problem with the executive power abdicating some of its power to the people. Yeah, I really don't think there would be a problem with that because, I mean, especially in like a Supreme Court argument, you the only thing you can really argue is that the executive has nothing but overreached for decades 
and that, you know, hey, sure, you guys want to shore up your own constitutional power? We can reaffirm that. Let's do that. Get your shit together. Maybe pass a couple, you know, laws or something that says you, you know, you can't do this. You have to go through Congress. You can't do this. You have to go through Congress. And I understand that'll slow things down, and that probably doesn't sit well with some of the people that feel like all these problems can be handled right now. Yeah. But that's not the way things work. It's not supposed to be the way things work. There's a fuck ton of people that live in this country. We all need to make sure we're on board with something. <clears throat> so let me ask you, because um, we're kind of in big picture stuff now. Yeah. Uh, before we move on to sports and pop culture, because we're getting getting into like two and a half hours now. Yeah, um, we're getting... <clears throat> yeah, so... Um, we may have to put some stuff off until next week. Uh, but I wanted to ask you because in your blog post, right, you were talking about trying to figure out why you hold certain beliefs, mm-hmm. right? So when you're talking about that, was there like a particular opinion or belief that you have at that point that you were trying to dissect and figure out like, why do I feel this way? You know, that led you down that path or was it just a general? It's not a specific issue. It's more of, I I try to be a rah-rah USA type of guy, mm-hmm. but looking at what America is as a whole, our influence on the world, you know, how our politics is so degraded, our governmental procedures have so degraded, I have a hard time finding faith in the fact that the country that I believed in isn't the country that exists today. We've gotten so far away from it. I mean, we just talked about the overreach in executive power. I mean, it's almost at this point like we're electing a king every other every other four to eight years because mm-hmm. they're all superstars. You know, even our our politicians. We have a an entire class of people in society that are so disconnected from everyday Americans that they have no concept of the stupid shit that comes out of their mouth half the time. They have no real concept of how most legislation is going to work because they have no connection to the people anymore. I mean, I don't, I mean, you could put it on a smaller level and say that, you know, the, the owner of a company that you work for or something has no, they have no clue what you, your life is like, Mm -hmm. you know, your situation. I know they do because in recent history, they have been there. Right. But I don't think a lot of those people that, at least in the political class, have any concept of what it's like, you know? And it it's disheartening to think that I don't know if we'll ever go back because people have to start giving up power again. People have to come into Congress with the, the idea that that's, this is not going to be the career for the rest of my life. You know, there's a... You hear it? Have you listened to Ben Shapiro at all this week? Yeah, I think I listened to only one of his shows, but he is part of. He's promoting a a petition for a oh, what's the word? What's the phrase? Uh, something of states, the convention of states. Yeah, um, to essentially you a convention of states can be called, which is essentially a, a group of the state leadership and all this stuff to get together and come up with something that they want, say like a constitutional amendment that prohibits some of the, the, the power of the federal government, or they can do something affecting the federal government from the state le- level. Um, and it started getting me thinking, I mean, not that particular one, that's just an example, but I mean, that I, th- I might see as one of the only ways 
we can get back to some kind of actual republic leadership. I, d- I just don't know if I have enough faith in the system anymore because everybody's so concerned with, everybody looks at it the wrong way. There's so many people that are just solely focused on doing everything at the federal level, nothing on the local level. If they if something's wrong in their neighborhood or something, they write their congressman. And then it goes up to the federal level and we argue it there. You know, every societal well, issue we I mean, have. Before you continue, that's... That's a really good way to get something done in your community, though, is to write your congressman. Like, they can affect a lot of things. Like, it doesn't always go straight to the federal level. We know someone in in our lives, Kyle, that I work with. I don't want to put him on blast, but when he had some issues, he wrote our congressman, Derek Kilmer. And Derek Kilmer stepped in and wiped all that shit away. So there are things that your congressman helps you with that doesn't just shoot it up straight to the federal level like that's what that person is supposed to do especially your representative like Mm -hmm. that's that's their job is to intervene in things that happen in their district that are not correct exactly you know that Um, deal with things on that you can do at the federal level he can do things that i mean i'm sure the governor could do but it's weird to write your governor yeah but you know it has more power it has more swift action i would say yeah but it's it's the idea of, you know, think, don't think specific on this one like that instance, because that's the way it is supposed to work. But when we, all of our hot button issues are societal, mm-hmm. you know, abortion, LGBTQ stuff, that, that whole thing is all encompassing. There, there's all these different massive societal tribal based issues that we, we want to solve. And so, all of our federal represent, representation sees that we're talking about it, and then they run on those things. They bring it immediately to the federal level because that's what we need to do now nationwide. Yeah. And it's just, if you can't separate yourself from that, you get what we have today where every bit of news on every news channel, for the most part, is focused at the executive branch, at the the federal Congress. Well, that also it also has to do with the president that we have right now because yeah. it was very much. And if it he didn't was have that, that much power. It was that way, but not as intense when Obama was in office. That they were focused on him, but not the way that they are on Donald Trump because it's no. fucking Donald Trump. The it way was, that he has been has it been. It was, but solely from Fox News and the the only the conservative media. Yes, and that's what I'm saying is that like it's. Yeah, part and of that is because of the president. Everything. Part of that is because of the president we have, not because of the power he has, but because of who he is as a person. But I don't see acts, that going away. Does. So, so let me, because you unloaded a lot on me, that right? So yeah, yeah. Well, take it's, a, so, it's a lot so, to go on. So let me take it piece by piece, right? America, I think, societally works in waves, right? Right now, shit is really intense that it's at a really, it's a high point that I mean, Me Too, fucking all this stuff is happening right here at the top. You know, the mm-hmm. the bathrooms, the school shootings, all this stuff is happening right now. And you have to give that time for that to calm down. You know, this is a wave right now of really intense societal strife that happened. There was Vietnam, right, which was probably the peak of insanity that this country has been in in the last, like, 60, 70 years, right? Mm-hmm. But then you... And then you move into like a period of more calm, you know, in like the 80s and 90s. There's shit that's going on, you know, but it's not as there's not people being shot 
on a college campus by the National Guard. You know, yeah. like things are going on, but it's not as peak like that. And that's where we're at. You know, we are at a point where we're trying to pull out of of Syria. We're trying to pull out of Afghanistan. We're trying to, you know, we're trying to fuck with North Korea. We got Russia we're dealing with. Like there's all this stuff going on. And on top of that, we have like maybe the most divisive president we've ever had in our history. Mm-hmm. Right. It's this horrible clusterfuck of events that just so happens to be going on right now. Just so happens. You have to like, you have to give that time for itself to sort out because America has been around for really not very long, you know, and there's a lot of trials and tribulations that still has to happen here for Mm -hmm. us to really kind of figure shit out. You know, because we're seeing it as evidence of what we're doing, people we're talking to, people we're seeing on the internet. And not everybody is distracted and wants the president to handle everything for them. There is growing numbers of people that understand that that is not the way that the government is supposed to be working. I am going to face in murder the, the my silent majority. Yes, there there are people here that that understand what's going on. You know, you have to give it time. I you give have it to time. give it time for keep the us, faith for people like us to have children and our children to be educated in a manner that they see those ideals and they're like. No, that's not right. You know, Mm -hmm. I understand that that's not correct because I am in my life surrounded by people who show me everything and I'm able to pull the truth from that. You know, they don't just show me just this nonsense that you are looking at. You know, Mm -hmm. my parents talk to me about everything that's going on. My uncle talks to me about everything that's going on. And that's how I know that this is the truth. Do you think that's really going to, I mean, do you think that peak's going to die off? Yes. Because I think the peak is more or less everybody just coming online and having the ability. I mean, it's the fucking future. Let's face it. It's 2019. We should be floating. We're not. But we can we can the, voice our opinion to... You, the same it used way, to be you had to write a letter or call and leave messages and call your congressman and all yes. this stuff. Now you could tweet at him. Yes. In 30 seconds. And they may get back to you. Mm-hmm. Or you can send them an email. And they will get back to you. Mm-hmm. And so more people involved in the conversations, that doesn't seem to you, for right or wrong, that doesn't seem to you like a dangerous thing? No, because we still, the people, so I think about this, so, this is going to be a little bit dark, right? I think about it similar to the way that I think about actual true racism, right? There are still people who exist in this country that are racist as fuck. But the America itself, I don't think, is racist, right? You have to wait for those people to die, for that whole ideal to truly be washed out. Yeah, that's like a people, literal thing. You have to wait for those people to die. Because they are not, the their people opinions that, are not going anywhere. The people that we have in Congress now don't know how to deal with trolling. They don't know how to disseminate what's a serious question. To they don't know what trolling who, is. They don't know that. So until the point that we have people who are, so uh, as much as you might not like this, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez uses social media the way that it should be used. She's having the town halls on there. She's interacting with people. She knows what her people want, what her constituents want, because she's hearing it all the time. DK tries to do that. So until we have a majority of the people in Congress who know how to use technology and are using it that way... Mm It's it's going to be shitty like this. But the thing that's that frustrates just be, there's me, not enough experience there. There's fucking Chuck Grassley doesn't even run his own Twitter. No. You know what I'm saying? You I don't be surprised if most of them do. Like you have to you have to give that time because people in the in themselves 
we are not made to handle technology in the way that it has no the way that it has advanced we right? don't have the the but the people who are most apt to handle it are the youth and that's why there are four-year-olds who know how to work tablets and phones and TVs mm-hmm. 10 times better than their parents. It's because when you're young, that's when you're learning shit, you know? Until there's people who are young like us, young like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez in there, mm-hmm. there's not going to be people using social media right because they don't know how. And they're not going to listen to some fucking staffer try and tell them to do a Facebook live. You know, Trump yeah. Rassley says, suck my dick, I'm going home. I'm not doing <laughs> exactly. that. Like, I'm I know if you want to, if you want to put out a fucking Twitter, then you go ahead and do that, but I'm yeah. not going to do it. You know, hold on, man. I got a dinner with Cheney right. like, tonight. Got, I got to go make sure Halliburton gets their next $15 billion contract. And there is a, Syria. a serious lack of understanding on how to use technology and how to use social media. And until that yeah. understanding is broadened within the houses of Congress. It's it's going to be shitty like that. But Derek and, Kilmer, he's young enough. He knows what someone's yeah, telling yeah. him. You know? but, he's just gotten too important now. He's a busy man. He's got, <laughs> he's got a lot of stuff going on. You know on. what I'm saying, though. There's that, that so, age line, you know? So then let me ask you this. Why the hell are they still in Congress? Why are the hell are they still there? Why haven't people called them out on it and said, dude, you can't sit there during these ridiculous, you know, Facebook and Google and YouTube you know, committees, you can't sit there and ask all these dumb questions that have no reference to anything going on yeah. and not, you cannot hold that seat anymore reliable. You I have think, no concept of how the world works anymore. You need to go. You need to be voted out of office and somebody that knows what's going on and it can deal with the world in 2019 needs to take your place. I think part of it is because there is a disconnect between the people that are saying those things online and the people that vote, right? And I yeah. think part of that problem is that it's it's hard for people to vote. You know, my mom has asked me, my mom asked us earlier this week, why is it that only three states have mail-in voting for like all of their elections? Yeah. I don't know that that can be answered by us because I think that's, that's established at the time that the state constitution is written how yeah. they're going to do their voting. So I yeah. don't know. That's unanswerable by me or i think really us how yeah that, it's how that is decided i don't know why that is the case because yeah the shorter answer is it. there's a lot of reasons and it's every single state has their own reasons right um and so until there's some voting reform like we saw in florida this year you know mm-hmm. where like until there's more stuff like that and it where it makes it easier for people to vote and these hurdles that are in some states are taken away, you're not going to have people that are doing that because college kids and kids that are online talking, you know, they're way more apt to like do something online or even fill out like a mail in ballot than go and stand in line for two hours to vote and then to go home and do something, you know, because they, that's how important it really is to them. They cannot find the time or energy or, what the word I'm looking for, the enthusiasm to actually go out and do it the way you have so to do it at some people, wherever you're at. Some people can't afford it, right? Because you can't, they can't call out of work. They have to work that day. There's a lot of places that yeah, won't that let I think you is a leave massive work, issue. You know? I think that if you, if you let people, if there's a federal holiday that people don't work on that Tuesday so you can go and stand in line for five hours and vote, then there's no fucking reason you're not doing it. But when you have to work and you maybe can't afford it and you have to work, your boss will not let you not go. You don't get that time off. You don't have time off. Yeah. 
Yeah, see, that's ridiculous. You know what I'm saying? It needs to be a. a you got to call out of work to go and vote. I love the country, but I need that fucking money. You know? Yeah, you miss out on a whole paycheck. If exactly. You need it. If that's the difference between between making my rent and not making my rent, is that mm-hmm. four hours I'm going to be gone from work this week? You know, with as many people that do work on President's Day, let's just take that national holiday and take the you know the money that's lost to the economy or whatever you know you force businesses to make everybody you know work that day or not work that day or whatever just move it to the voting day yeah. move it to election day that way it's a national it's a federal national holiday everyone <clears throat> has to go out and do their civic duty yes. or yeah i guess you can't even call it a civic duty it's your it's a privilege it's a right not a privilege but you don't have to do it either yeah. it's your privilege to not do it part part of it's also that people are lazy because there's a huge yeah. it irritates me to no end that there are people who exist in the technological age that will be standing around having a conversation about oh i wonder why this happens and then text somebody on their phone and not look it up you know and then continue to ask that question like man i just i really want to know why this happens but not invest the time the two seconds it would take to try and look it up because you said google even now will just take whatever you asked and just put the answer at the top so you don't even have to pick (laughs) a fucking website anymore you just look at that you know what's funny a uh a buddy of mine said to me the other day he came up with this term that's called uh whenever somebody asks you a question like that that you don't know the answer to instead of oh well that's a good question i don't know or Oh well, that's that's a Google question. Yeah, I don't know. Fucking Google it. Prompt them a little bit to to start it on their own. That's a Google question. Oh, okay. Let me uh, let me Google that real quick. But who knows? I don't know. I just I don't think that the the system that I would like to see in place, the one that I think is pretty hard, hard, you know, old school. You know, republic, democratic republic. I just, I wish we would go more to that and away from essentially like the, the federal. You know, legislating everything at the top, top yeah. down. And but I don't think it's going to go away. And I don't know if, like I said, I don't know what to do about that. You know, I would like to just see a Congress with young guns come in and demand the power back. Yeah, and I guess that's just a, a waiting game. If the midterms were any any sign that might actually be a direction we're going, which is hopeful. Um, and then I guess it just depends on uh, how, how much uh, how much sway you're going to allow the freshmen to have as they come in. Yeah. <laughs> so we are at like two yeah. hours forty five, right? Wow. Um, Should we just jump into sports? I was, that's what I was just going to ask if you want to just hit sports and then I we got can lengthy. get out of here real quick. That was a that's good though. It was. Um, so sports. Um, is <laughs> <laughs> that the pre-show I said? We're gonna get all of a sudden. We're gonna get there and be like sports. Hi. We didn't Hi, talk Yodi. about it. Hey, But that's all right, Morgan. We got you covered. First thing. Uh, yeah, got got you out of the way. Uh, so the first thing is that Robert Kraft, who is the owner of the Patriots, right? Oh yeah. Um, he got charged with misdemeanor solicitation of prostitution, right? Um, on two accounts, he was videotaped, I believe, paying for a sex act, I believe is what it says here. Um, and it was part of like a sting that they were doing in Florida from Palm Beach to Orlando. Hundreds of arrest warrants have been issued in recent days as a result of a six month investigation. Dang. Ten spas have been closed and several people charged with sex trafficking have been taken into custody. 
spas yeah oh the yeah, special like, spas oh, where yeah, you go like get the rub down parlors right right um so sex trafficking is bad right yes. and that's i think what this is that's what this is involved in is like a crackdown on sex trafficking right mm-hmm. so if this is involved in a sex trafficking ring that's really that's terrible hopefully robert Kraft has no idea that that's the case and he just happened to be going somewhere to get a rub and tug that got people from sex trafficking. I think that's much more likely. Right. Because I'll talk for lengthy periods, not all day because I don't know that you could, but um, (laughs) if if there's people who want to like pay other consenting adults to have sex, I don't have any problem with that, man. I don't. Keep it regulated. Keep it safe. You know, like that's what matters to me. So just like my weed industry. Yeah. Keep it regulated. Keep Keep it it safe. safe. You know, make sure I'm not going to fucking kill myself yeah. with some fentanyl and some, you know, pre-rolls or something. Right. But Obviously, I'm not okay with people being stolen from somewhere else and then being forced yeah. to do sex acts for money that they're not even going to receive, right? Just Obviously, like, I'm not okay with yeah, that. Just all but, like all the bad shit that comes from smuggling drugs, elite, you know, yes. marijuana across the border. Right. Whereas if you remove the black market aspect of it, there's no incentive to do that because you can just yeah. do it legally and make your money and not have to take any risks and everything, right. everybody's happy. So, but I, I'm weird on this one because I was so elated that he got hit for that because fuck the Patriots. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm like, really? Really? When Who he's, gives a shit? He's going to get suspended too because the owners are also subject to. The conduct policy of the collective bargaining agreement. I can see that. So collective bargaining agreement. So I'm interested to see how that's going to turn mm-hmm. out for him. Um, unfortunately, the law is the law, and you yeah, gotta do what you got to do. Obviously, him and his team are both, you know, unequivocally denying that he had any role in that, even though he's on tape. But so, so we'll see how that happens when it probably goes to court. Um, earlier this week, Colin Cowherd, right, one of my mm. favorite sports sources, he started didn't. He helped start a rumor that has been widely disputed within Seattle, but I'm still going to wait and see what happens, right? That it was a a conversation happened in the agent world that Russell Wilson maybe doesn't want to be in Seattle anymore, right? And the justification that Colin Cowherd had at this time was that it wasn't in the sports agent world, it was in the talent agent world, right? That Sierra doesn't want to be in Seattle anymore. She oh. wants to go somewhere that's better for her career. And so Colin Cowherd's argument was at this point in Russell's career, he has a ring. He's been in for a couple of years. Everybody knows that he's a fucking champion. He, so he said, when you're at that point, you start to think about your wife's career. You think about your kids. You think about the endorsement deals that you could get, you know? And he said, and in New York, Russell Wilson is way more marketable in New York than he is in Seattle because there's way more money for marketing in New York than there is in Seattle. Mm. He can go there and he can be a face of a bigger company other than Alaskan Airlines and shit like that. You know, that is kind of rough. He should be the he should be the face of Amazon. There's Worldwide. a lot of wide. There's Come on a lot now. of sense. Microsoft. There's a lot of sense we made there. They also have an offensive coach, head coach in New York for the Giants, right? Because that's what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. They got Odell Beckham. They got Saquon there. They're they're doing okay. You know, so wow. it was an interesting thing to hear. That would be a dangerous does that, situation. Does that depress me beyond belief to think about Russell Wilson um, leaving the Seahawks? Absolutely, it does because I think the Seahawks would be dog shit for the next decade without Russell Wilson, where they tried to rebuild. We'd be back to the the pre Russell days. Colin Cowherd also said that our 
division is, in his opinion, maybe the toughest in the NFL now. If we are in the toughest division without Russell Wilson, we are boned. Worse than Oakland. They're in our boned. division? Nope. Damn it. Rams? Yep. So it's, who's in our division? Arizona, LA Rams, and then uh, 49ers. That's it? Yep. Okay. Yeah, I mean, just because of the Rams, that's a really tough division. And the 49ers are not bad when Jimmy Garoppolo is on the field, but he hurt himself yeah. earlier in the year playing like a fucking idiot. And so that's why he got hurt. He just was playing too risky being a quarterback. Yeah. That's, that's that a reason they, they try to play it safe, you know? Yeah. Trying to protect the goods. So, and Colin Cowherd has some crazy sources. Like he, he called LeBron James going to the Lakers like a year out before that even happened. His, He's he's got some shit, you know, and I'm. I know I'm, why my dad watched him all the time. He I'm used to watch to believe, his show religiously. Yeah, I'm one to believe Colin Cowherd. Um, Do you watch his show or listen to it? Probably. Listen. I have done both. Yeah, I listen okay. to it because they put it out as a podcast. It's three hours long. Yeah, that's um, a long one. Now that he is on, he has a show on Fox Fox Sports. Mm-hmm. Um, that's three hours long, but they put it out as a podcast. So I listen to that. He has a lot of guests on there. So usually I listen to. Always his opening that he does 10 or 15 minutes of whatever he's going to talk about. And then he'll have guests on and talk about that. Is it every so, day? Every day. Yeah, he goes that, for a long time. Jeez. Yeah, long time. War horse, man. Yeah. No, he's good, too. Um, and then there's talk of Antonio. Antonio Brown is definitely being traded out of Pittsburgh. Okay. Antonio Brown is not playing in Pittsburgh next year. He is going to be traded. Gone, um, baby, gone. Yep. So they're talking about him going to, I've heard... The 49ers, I've heard Green Bay, I've heard the Buccaneers have talked about it, or the Jets have talked about it. There's a lot of a lot of people. Mm. A lot of people talking about Antonio Brown. And he would be interesting. I it seems to be an unpopular opinion, but I think he'll be I think he will be just as good wherever else he goes with a quality quarterback or a decent quarterback than he is in Pittsburgh. Because I think that he will immediately be put into a focal role, even if they already have a number one wide receiver there. Mm-hmm. And I think that he will make shit happen. Because that's who he is. A lot of people think he'll take a step down if he goes anywhere else. And I yeah. don't think that will be the case. I think it's, in my mind, as long as he and the quarterback can jive together, as long as they're on the same, way, the same wavelength. Yeah. I think that was the problem with Jimmy Graham and Russ. Yeah. For whatever reason, they just weren't able to connect like he used to be with, with Drew Brees. And it's just, there's got to be a dynamic there that that is important. That... You know, that'll play into whether or not you guys are just going to be a team or you're just going to be part of the bigger team. Russell Wilson and Tyler Lockett have that. And yes. they showed that last year by having all them fucking touchdowns on barely any passes. You know, mm-hmm. it was yeah, when they connect, you, I mean, they're it's like they're of the same mind at that point. Yep. And you have to have that relationship with your wide receivers. And yeah. so hopefully... I don't know. I'd be, it'll be it'll be curious. So you, so next season he will be somewhere else. He will absolutely be somewhere else. Yeah, the new league year starts um, in March. I don't remember exactly what so day. Weird. Um, yeah, that's just when the new league year starts, yeah. and so that's when people can be traded and stuff. The NFL con the NFL combine starts on Tuesday. Jeez, which is awesome. Yeah, I know. I can't believe that it's fucking happening already. So the combine um, is where people go to to try to make the draft. Correct. Okay. Um, it's you not to try and make the draft. You go there and you just showcase your skills. Um, and so that's like 
coaches will go and, and general managers and stuff will go there and they'll watch people do, man, they do so many different events. They do. There's, it's almost like watching the Olympics sometimes. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. Really, they do a like bunch of track and field, do a bunch of different events. Um, and it's really, it's pretty interesting to watch. Last year, I was home one day for some reason and Jordan and I watched it for hours. Watched the comments yeah. for hours. It's it's you know, it's kinda of boring, but it's interesting. It's, it's like just, watching Olympics. You have yeah. it on the background. Oh, exactly. this is this is gonna be a cool one. Look at this. Yeah, it's pretty cool. So it starts on Tuesday. Um I'm excited for that. Um Is that something that somebody would have to be invited to? Let's say you a scout sees you or something and invites you to the combine. Is that how that would work? And then probably free agents. and I am not sure whether or not you have to be invited. I think you probably do, mm-hmm. um, but I'm not sure exactly what the process is here. Let's let's. I'm curious enough. Um, Dang, bro, my my sports encyclopedia. You're letting me down here for a second. I I asked a question you didn't know the answer to immediately. That makes me happy. No, that's interesting. How are players selected for the NFL Combine? So all 32 NFL teams are invited to provide input on draft eligible players, which is used by the player selection committee to select each player's each year's participants. The directors of both national and blesto scouting services, which combined represented 28 NFL teams, are joined by members of various NFL player personnel departments to form the committee. The participating NFL executives can rotate on a yearly basis and remain anonymous. All eligible players are reviewed and voted on by the committee members. Each athlete receiving necessary number of votes by position is then extended an invitation, which is not a perfect... While it is not a perfect science, the goal of the committee is to invite every player that will be drafted in the ensuing NFL draft. Interesting. So, yeah, there's some uh, there's there's a lot to that. Yep, so there's a committee, and those people are get invited. That's so that's how it gets decided. Yeah, and it sounds like there's a that scouting service they talked about in there, yeah. so they're probably, you know... And I mean, when you think about it as the NFL is like a corporate entity, yes, that makes sense. They have headhunters so. that go out there, oh, and yeah. try to bring people for, yeah, oh yeah, that's that's cool, yeah, fun little fun fact, yes. Uh, so now on to the uh, the updates, and so again, these are all these are not things that are guaranteed because the new league year hasn't started yet, but they are like preemptive deals that are Mm -hmm. just waiting to be signed as soon as they can be. Right. So the Cardinals have signed or going to sign tight end Charles Clay to a one year deal worth up to $3.25 million. The Buccaneers signed running back Andre Ellington. The Steelers said that they are not going to tag Le'Veon Bell. So Le'Veon Bell is going to be an unrestricted free agent. He can go wherever he wants. Nice. They're also talking about him going to the jets. So that's really interesting. I cannot wait to see where Le'Veon Bell goes. Go jets. Um, the Browns are signing wide receiver Jalen Strong. The Bears released tight end Deion Sims, and they're going to release Cody Parkey when the season starts. Cody Parkey is the kicker who missed the kick for the Bears in the playoff game, hit the upright. So they're going to cut him when the season starts. The Ravens are signing cornerback Tavon Young to a three-year extension worth 27 mil. The Chiefs signed QB EJ Manuel, wide receiver Sammy Coates, wide receiver David Gray, and De- Defensive back Dante Johnson and the Eagles are going to re-sign their kicker Jake Elliott and their long snapper Rick Lovato to one-year extensions. Very nice. So there we go. And of course, it's all subject to change because the year yep. hasn't started. Because That's the year's not started, it's possible it will change. At. But those have been reported; they are almost definitely going to happen. But Interesting. Obviously, it's always subject to change. Yeah, I'm so. sure. It's just they have their their sources inside the teams and the ownership and stuff. I'm sure, just like the news has their sources. Yep. Interesting. I like this. Yes. 
A lot of insider trading. Let's see. I mean, not really. It's all trading uh, within the NFL. What am I talking about? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. You got a line for me? I do. I do have a line for you. Man, you know, I I was looking around like outside earlier and... There was a horse massacre in the revolutionary time, and there was like a pirate ship. Like I found all these old pretty little dolls, maybe like a brush, like a pirate was brushing his hair, and then he killed a horse, and then he jumped into the ocean. Good. Good. That's, that's good. I'm glad you found all that. 